The Wes Buck Show. It's uncut. It's unfiltered. This is the show of shows. This is the biggest names in drag racing. No holds barred. Speaking his mind. I've never had a problem expressing my opinions, but what we're doing here is bigger than that. These are conversations that need to be had in an unfiltered way. Exploring hot topics. Drag racing's all I've ever done. It's all I care to do. And spreading the gospel of drag racing. I respect the history. I appreciate how far we've come, but I want more for this sport, and I'll fight for it. This is the great American motorsport, drag racing. The West Buck Show starts in three, two, one. Hey gang, Wes Buck here, Drag Illustrated Magazine. Happy New Year and welcome to what I believe to be the greatest drag racing talk show in the history of drag racing talk shows. Guys, we've got a barn burner of a show lined up for you here today. As always, um, we, we take great pride in bringing big guests, big topics, all sorts of things. And man, we have missed you. It seems like it's been forever. I think it's been a month maybe a month since we've joined you all here on the World Wide Web to talk drag racing. We're going to reflect a little bit on everything that took place in 2022 before we start to look forward to everything that we're very excited about in this 2023 drag racing season. Um, I want to thank our sponsors of the show. We, we've had so much growth with this program over the course of the last couple of years, and it wouldn't be possible, first and foremost, without all of you. So thank you, each and every one of you that join us, participate in this conversation click like click share and help us spread the gospel of drag racing seriously it means the world to us uh, me especially so thank you very much and a huge shout out to stroud safety redline oil um flow racing holly performance products and all the companies that have supported this uh this project over the course of 284 next week will be 285 it's almost unbelievable i'm still not quite prepared to uh, say 2023 out loud. But before we get any further along, I do want to go ahead and introduce my co-host here on the West Buck Show, the ones and only Mike Carpenter, JT Hudson. What's up, boys? What's you up? Ready to party? Are, you, are you guys missed I, this? Or? I, I I'm curious. How to do it. Yeah, me and JT it, were texting yeah. earlier like, dude, I don't even remember how to do this deal. Oh, or man. what is what is drag racing? <laughs> I know. Did you guys have quiet. a good break? Did you? I mean, like, I don't know about y'all, but I really, uh, it was a nice, this was probably in all of my years that, you know, that I've been on planet Earth. I think this was my favorite, like the best holiday season that I've had in a long time. Lots of crazy stuff going on. Um, but I tell you what, man, I got to spend a bunch of time with my wife and my kids and, and really just enjoy one another, right? I mean, it's, uh, it really was, it felt special to me. Did you guys have a good holiday? Yeah, man, yeah. for sure. We really had some extended time off. I, we, that's a new thing here at Drag Illustrated. I can remember like working on Thanksgiving or working on Christmas Eve trying to get Sorry. a new issue of the magazine sent off to print. So uh, the ability to kind of schedule it out, plan it out, and, and go to PRI, throw down the gauntlet at PRI like we have been for the past couple of years. I think we won PRI. Like I, yeah. I'm very, I was very <laughs> proud like of how things went at the performance racing industry trade show for all of you that we were able to spend some time with. Thanks for swinging by the booth. Thanks for being a part of that deal. I don't know that I'm not sure that that event really gets the credit it deserves. You know, it's so unique to have that opportunity. I think about how many people that I only speak to at PRI. Like, it's kind of crazy yeah. how many people that I only see at that event. And it's certainly the only time that you see people when they're not. Most people are pulled in a lot of different directions at a trade show, but not, not to the extent that maybe they would be at the racetrack. 
right? The next round yeah. of qualifying is looming or the next round of eliminations is looming or they've got- Well, we run, we run into them at night on. too, you know? Yeah. I mean, we run into them at, rest, at restaurants, the JW Lounge. JT, you, know? you don't run into anybody at night, man. You're I in know. bed. You're in bed before the sun even starts to go down. I think you behaved yourself pretty well this year, man. I got it. I think we should maybe do a know. golf clap for JT. I mean, you did pretty was, well. I was kind of hurting. I don't know. What's the bar Where for that? Just like staying out of jail or what? Yes. New subject. That's it. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, I think that is like a good pass fail. Like, did anybody go to jail? No? Okay, great. You're I not, think you we're were, good, you weren't kicked out of your hotel room? Wasn't extra yep, charges on true. the yeah, yeah, on the car. I want to no give it up to um. Burgers. Let's give it up real quick for Richard and the gang at St. Elmo's. Do you imagine the pressure that that restaurant feels the week of PRI? I mean, it is like, I mean, there's a line out the door. You can't get a reservation months out. You can't get a reservation, and they kill it, man. We had our team dinner at St. Elmo's on Thursday. No, Wednesday night was it, guys? Yeah, Wednesday night, and what a freaking time, man! I mean, round of applause for St. Elmo's, man. We've this was our first year a doing thing the too. team dinner officially at St. El Elmo's. In the past, we bounced around to a handful of other restaurants. Um, not really. It's almost always really. been the Capitol Grill. Grill. Yep. And I'm a big Capitol Grill fan. I think that that's one of my favorite restaurants on the planet. But they kind of, I feel like they slipped a little in Indy, especially when they lost Aaron. Uh, my buddy Aaron is general manager. He moved on to another restaurant. And personally, I don't think they ever recovered. You know, I don't. And you know, I mean, people make all the difference. I mean, we talk about that in drag racing all the time. Like you lose a crew chief, it can make or break your, se your, your season. You lose a killer crew guy, it can make or break your season. So whenever you lose a, a power player in a restaurant like that, I think it is hard to recover from. And I look at what we experienced at St. Elmo's, that was built entirely on a killer team of people. You can tell, man. Really, really, really impressive. Yeah, it was I cool. We got I even got that guy to, to re- <laughs> Reproposed to his wife or his fiance or whatever there. <laughs> what was that about? That was dude. That was the comedian. That was Murr from uh, from Impractical Jokers. Was the yeah? Guy I know, but I didn't realize that. Filming. But they just kind of bumped into me, and I was like, and then she's you're the she one that talked set to that me. Up? I thought yeah, he, yeah. I thought and he told him to no, do it. No, then he, he came up filming. there and he said, no, I, I I proposed to her earlier, and I and then we were joking around, and then he he said, well, do it again. I'm like, yeah, yeah we him. all want to see it, and they did it. And then they walk no around joke? and you go, yeah, and you go, that's the guy from Impractical Jokers. Like, My wife oh, loves that show. So we actually had time. We didn't leave till like six o'clock on Sunday. So we had time. We went to his show. It happened to be like two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. It's kind of a weird deal. But we went to his show at uh, what's it called? Uh, Helium Comedy yeah. Club, which is downtown, like near where we have our party. And so that all worked out really, really well. Really good show. So wild deal man you never know and he actually shouted out st elmo's during the show i meant to tell you really? guys this yeah really? man, this said, guy, that place gets a lot of love he said he said i'm here in indy one of my favorite cities and i ate at my favorite restaurant in the world last night st elmo's and we were yelling out we were there we saw you <laughs> i had I, I thought i had it all on video but i did the the He's little classic hit you know up. where you you thought you hit record and you didn't uh -oh. And then yeah. you hit it when you hit stop. Yeah. So we did that. Twice. No, man. Weekend. Dude, it was. Uh, and how about this? Before we start to reflect on all the too. things that happened awesome in 2022 on the drag strip. How about all the things awesome that happened in the nightclub, man? Give it up. Uh, VP Racing Fuels, our sponsor of Drag Illustrated After Hours. And how about Envy Nightclub, man? This place was packed to the gills fantastic yep. time no Marcus, drama Jason, tons of fun guys. great yep. people i can't really say enough about it man the, the robot, the robot 
I mean, we, I, if you haven't gone to DI After Hours, it literally is. It's something else. It's an experience. Uh, maybe not had, for everybody. We had our guys from Publication it. Printers hanging oh, out with cool. us. So that was cool too. Got yeah, to explain that. Our, our, we print the magazine in Denver, Colorado at a place called Publication Printers. I don't know how much of it I can explain without getting and, some people uh, in trouble. Yeah, that's true. And so our, our, <laughs> our friends at Publication Printers, actually, Dave Sanchez and company came out to see us. And we thought, this is a funny story, actually. So they reach out and say, hey, we're thinking about coming to PRI. You know, you guys do that party and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mike exchanges a bunch of emails with these folks. And they're like, yeah, we're going to come. And I had assumed, and I believe I'm speaking for Mike as well. We thought they were like coming to chase business. Like they yeah, were going to come I, out. I didn't hear anything try from to them. Sell it. I, I, and, and like a week before the show, I'm like, hey, guys, wh when do you arrive? Like, are you coming to the show? Do you, are, do you have your credentials and everything? And they replied <laughs> back like, nah, man, we get in like two hours before your party and we're coming to your party. And then we leave at like 7 a.m. the next morning and i'm like you gotta be kidding me so they flew they really all the way out from denver just to come to the party man and boy oh boy did we have a big time with those guys so that's jt's uh, kind of folks right there that is oh boy fly across country except, just except for a party. not the not the 7 a.m fly out yeah they yeah, were no. yeah i told them they how about the crown apple i think he bought yeah. what is it three to five bottles of crown apple that's a lot man i mean and I didn't even know that that was like that popular of a of a of a I, spirit. I don't Did know you? that it is, but yeah. he made it one. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is around here. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. When that shows up on the uh, he was passing out report. tequila like it was going yeah. out of style, and yeah, it was publication printers expense report is going to be interesting. Uh, from December. it might have it might have threw threw off the books there at the end of the year. Rough rough deal. But I got to tell you, man, it was a proud moment for me standing uh, in our booth upstairs and I was kind of overlooking the dance floor and I look around and it's like, I got all of us, right? Our team is all piled into our booth and I'm looking around and like to my right are the Caruso's and with them are the whole elite team. Like Richard Freeman's there, Erica's there, uh, behind the Swanstrom's are there. I mean, Richard was uh, Dwayne Mills, uh, Callie Mills. Then I look down on the dance floor. Leah Pruitt's there with some of her friends. Uh, Dean Marinas, Chad Green are over in their booth. Uh, the, all the PDRA guys, Tommy Franklin and, and company, Tyler Crossnow, Mark Woodruff's in the house, Craig Sullivan, Mark. I mean, it's just like, these are my people. You know, it's, and it's just such a proud moment to bring and we, we talk about this at PRI, and I think it's important because it doesn't happen a lot in our space. Drag racing, we talk about it a lot. Super segmented. The bracket racers all kind of lumped together. Class racers all lumped together. Radial guys versus big tire guys. Wheelie bar guys versus no wheelie bar guys. Prep guys versus no prep. That's one of the... What I'm proud about that we do at Drag Illustrated is we kind of just lump everybody in together a lot. Like as often as yeah. we can, we put everybody in the same room, whether it's with 30 under 30, you know, identifying young kids that are work in media, work in chassis shops, work in transmission shops, drive top fuel cars, drive bracket cars, and everything in between. That party is the same way where you get all these people that, for the most part, don't really cross paths, don't really the, and, run and into one another, especially, especially, especially where they're having yeah. a good time. Like right. That. Yeah. Where they're not That's got to be the one yeah. party a year that most of these people attend, I would think because drag racers, we're not, they're not partying on the weekend. They're, they're at the no. drag strip having a beer at the back of the trailer with their, with their buddies. That's their party. So it, it's definitely, it gets everybody a little bit out of their comfort zone. It's a little bit different and it's cool to see everybody kind of buying in and, and having a good time. Pete Abram yeah. used to tell me that, that, that he gets more networking done at that party than he does at the whole trade show. <laughs> I, I can see, I mean, if you could talk over the music a little more effectively, 
I could really see that being the case. But even us, I look around and man, you get so much accomplished in there. You see so many people. And I struggle at the show because we have obligations that we've got to be here at this time and speak at this deal and do this press conference and do that press conference. And I find this is the second year in a row. And I hate this that I hardly, I don't really get to walk around, you know, like I'm always beelining it from a meeting to another meeting or meeting someone at our booth. And I don't really get to like roll around and see a bunch of stuff and see a bunch of folks. We didn't spend any time just stroll or just, you know, uh, free time at the show to kind of figure out what you wanted to do or plan your visits. Cause we had, well, and I do like going and seeing new parts, new cars. I love seeing some of the unveils. we did the voting uh, deal for the the new part showcase. That was cool. Or that was your first time showcase. doing that, right? Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, so I got, to, I probably got to see more of it than than you did. But man, let's let's talk about thirty under thirty. Let's talk about that that deal. I feel like again, we talk about the party, we talk about PRI doing it bigger and better every year. I think that nothing illustrated that more than our thirty under thirty press conference this year. That room, what it does is I hope that people recognize these things is that it really reminds you of how important production is because that we know nothing about it. As you can see by this show, we don't, but event production and just like the, the lighting in there is right and the stage is right and the screen and the, in the red up lighting on the walls and they, they do so many things well there. So having that kind of a stage and that kind of a platform for the Drag Illustrated 30 Under 30 was a total home run. That was a match made in heaven. And I really hope that in the future, we're able to leverage that space a little more because I think it needs to be used more. People need to be in that room more. So I'm hoping to get that opportunity. But man, all the companies that came and watched and supported all of our sponsors, all these kids, I think 29, maybe 28 or 29 of the 30 kids that were identified as part of our Drag Illustrated 30 Under 30 in 2022 were there. Uh, we, I mean, people flew across the ocean to be a part of this deal, which is just so heartwarming and humbling. We had a, like a capacity crowd in there. The place was packed. They, uh, the I mean, everybody show was everybody gracious, from, enough, gracious enough, gave us an everybody hour. Everybody from diesel racers to, I know. to you know, CEOs of companies to John Force, like John Force, half yep. the pictures I mean, from from all of the thirty or thirty nominees were like you know, them John on stage. Force was and, there, yeah, and yeah. with John Force, like half of our class, our thirty to thirty class, got photos, selfies with John, John For- like John Force, John Force, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I didn't uh, know that. And Robert Heiss, was he? Yeah. Sarah, because Sarah was there. Well, right? I knew yeah. Sarah. I mean, obviously Sarah Slaughter Man, was uh, yeah. in the two thousand, uh, the class of two thousand twenty-two. I didn't see him. No, that's cool, oh, yeah. man. I thought it was cool. I looked around. Greg Anderson's in the crowd. Uh, yeah. Eric Anders is in the crowd. Stevie Jackson was in the crowd. Like a lot of big name racers and Robert Height. I do. I guess I did see Robert, but I don't think I saw John. I can't believe I didn't identify oh, yeah, that or recognize that white hat in the crowd. But just that alone is almost unbelievable. Clay that's Milliken is there shooting video. The response and the reaction to that, I can't say enough about it. And I understand that it's a polarizing thing and we're never going to make everybody happy. And that's just kind of something that we've had to accept. But I got to tell you, we are (laughs) used to that. And And I said this during that press conference, and I'll repeat it now. I hope everybody understands that we're all on the list in a way. Like we're all lucky to be a part of this drag racing community. I know that personally, and I'm obviously biased. I love this stuff. I eat, sleep, and breathe drag racing. But I personally believe 
that we are infinitely blessed to operate in this community. When I look at the people, the way one people are willing to help one another, the the way like the reaching across the aisle, so to speak, that happens in the sport of drag racing. It's really incredible. I think about it all the time when I go to racetracks and see every man, woman, and child stand at attention when the national anthem plays. It doesn't matter what color their skin is, where they're from, how much money is in their bank account. This is a respectful, uh, incredible group of people. And we're all lucky and blessed to be a part of this community. And it's, again, it's tough. And every year we're going to miss somebody. We're going to, someone's going to get excluded that should have gotten on there. But I promise you that we are trying hard. This group of people labors over these decisions. We we put so much heart and soul and energy into it. And even though, and I think that's why I have no problem sleeping at night, right? You know what I mean, guys? Like I don't, I can look myself in the mirror and feel good about the things that we do because we are, there is not a single thing that's ever happened. And I've, I say this quite frequently, every decision that's made at Drag Illustrated is is made in the best interest of the sport of drag racing. I mean, there was a time we quit putting on races because we didn't think it was good for the sport, right? Yeah. There was too many options. There was too much going on and we didn't want to clutter things up. That only lasted right? a year. It only well, lasted yeah. two years. Yeah, <laughs> and, a year. And, and, and we put a name on it. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, nobody wants to, I mean, a lot of people don't want to, to, to pick those names out and put their name on it and to stand behind no. it. But, you know. I actually had this conversation with Tommy Cunningham at Stroud Safety yesterday. I said, I totally understand why people are so hesitant to do lists and shout outs in these and recognize pockets of people because you're subjecting yourself to a lot of scrutiny. And if you think about it, if this was so easy and it was so easy to execute and easy to make a big deal, this would have been going up. We wouldn't have had the opportunity, right? It would have all drag racing has been around for 70 years in an organized fashion. You know, and if it was something that was all roses and lollipops, it would have been done many times over. And right. So I think it's I'm proud of the fact that we're willing to stick our neck out. We're willing to call our shot and live with the consequences. And I'm really proud. I thought our class of 2022 was super diverse. Uh, Kids that have all sorts of different backgrounds, uh, people that work in the media, people that may not ever drive a race car. One that was I was really proud of that I thought was especially interesting. You think about Cody Anderson, Greg Anderson's son. I don't know that Cody has huge aspirations of becoming a world champion pro stock driver. He likes to work on the cars. He likes He's a hands-on guy. And I think that's really cool that a guy that works on a car and has no real aspirations to become the next Erica Enders or the next Greg Anderson or Jake Coughlin is being recognized because, as I said in that press conference, perhaps the most scarce resource that exists in our sport today, good help. Now, a lot of people that own businesses would say the same thing, but drag racing, man, it's not as fashionable as it once was to get your hands dirty. It's not as fashionable as it once was to degree a camshaft or even know what that means or know the firing order on a big block Chevy. And I, whenever I see kids that are passionate about being gearheads and passionate about hot rodding and want to work on stuff, want to rebuild transmissions, the, we need to shine a light on them. We need to recognize them. And if I've got to put, if I've got to let somebody that had some success in 2022, want a race here or there, if I've got to make them wait a couple of years to make sure that we have an opportunity to highlight somebody that's never going to get to be the quarterback of the team that's going to operate in the shadows, perhaps for the rest of their racing career. By God, I'm going to do it and I stand by it. And I just think that we need more of that in our sport because 
we have to make it fashionable to have a shop towel in your a shop rag in your back pocket. We have to make it. I mean, I used to be in trouble if I left the trailer without a Zeus tool in my pocket. Got to right? have one of those. man. Got to have one. I mean, I would literally be in trouble if I didn't have a Zeus tool in my pocket at all times. And it's like we need to that needs to continue. That tradition needs to carry on. It's very, very important that people are passionate about working on these cars. And if we don't celebrate those kids that do it, I mean, yeah. they're going to quit doing it. Right. I mean, there's I don't think there's any way around it. Am I wrong? No, because no, right. I mean, that's that's the time we're living in now with uh, with all the social media and everything. I mean, people people want a light shined on them. You know, they, they want to be they, they want to be the star quarterback, as you said. And yeah, so it, it does give them the opportunity to get some of that limelight that where they've possibly been a part of this team for a long time and just nobody, you know, yeah, has paid and, enough and, attention to it. And like we, we always say, how do you quantify someone like a Cody Anderson or a Sarah Slaughter or any of our non-driver nominees and winners? You have to kind of take an outside the box look. It's not all about wins and losses and on track performance. And where else will those type of people get recognized other than this list or some of the other lists that that we do to be honest by the team yeah yeah so it's it's a it's a tough deal but in case you missed the uh actual press conference we actually just got the whole speech right there again from Wes. so <laughs> almost he, he, yeah brought rebroadcast that bad boy so yeah that's it's always a good speech people love that speech and love to hear it even though uh it's how, how many years are we in now Seven, seven years. And you kind of got the same foundation for each one, but you switch it up and, and everyone yeah. loves to hear that one line that everyone uh, liked to hear was, uh, gosh, it's, it's escaped me now as, as I go to set it up, but we got a bunch of feedback from one line that you had in that, in that, uh, is it the stick and ball sports analogy? I, I'll the, think of it as the show goes on, yeah. but what about, uh, another thing we did at PRI, the world series of pro mod press conference with some big announcements during that deal. That was good. Um, super proud of that as well, man. It was, I'm excited. I want that, that world series of pro, pro mod press conference has to happen on that big stage next year, because I think that it will be a failure. If not, I was really happy. We had a hell of a turnout for the world series of pro mod press conference. Um, really well attended, great media presence, huge shout out to, I think drag racing media doesn't get the credit it deserves as a whole. Cause JT makes this point a lot, and I think it, it's worth reiterating. So many of these people right then, don't. Right? You're probably right. Yep. Uh oh, your Hudson's showing. Um, sorry, but it, so many of these <laughs> kids. Scoreboard in here, you know. Yeah, you do. You really do. But most of the, a good majority. Let's be honest. Of the media that exists in drag racing, these guys aren't making a living. These guys and gals are doing this as a hobby, as a side hustle, as a as a passion project. And I, I get frustrated when they're taken to task so frequently or crucified for something that they do or whatever may, may happen. These are people that are doing this for all the right reasons. They love the sport of drag racing. They want to see the sport move forward, continue to move forward, and they spend their own time and money right yeah. buying this equipment and it's a brutal brutal existence oh, to stand wall. along that guard wall yeah, from that sun wall up to sundown yeah. right sometimes through that cycle 
right? I mean, I mean, some of these drag races don't get over till two, three, four in the morning. And you think about all the people that capture this so that it can be live broadcast on Facebook or so post photos can be posted on some website or on social. It's an incredible thing. And we had a hell of a turnout of media at the World Series of ProMod press conference. We had Melanie Salemi up on stage. We had Tommy Guns Franklin. We had Lyle Barnett. Vic Alvarez from Bradenton Motorsports Park was also there. We had a slew of racers in the house. Um, Doug Winters, Frankie the Madman Taylor, the list goes on. Tons of guys, Craig Sullivan, that are going to be involved in the World Series of Pro Mod. People that believe in this in this project, and we also made news that uh, we would be partnering with Masters Entertainment, CBS Sports, to broadcast the race on uh, cable television the first week of April 2023. Something I'm especially proud of, man. It's I, that was one of the things going out of 2022 that I really challenged myself. I said, listen, if this race happens and it's not on TV we will have failed. Like we will have dropped the ball. And I'm so proud that we were able to make that happen. I'll tell you what, there's some more to come with that, that whole uh, situation that I'm very excited about that I'm hope to announce in the next couple of weeks. But the, the press conference as a whole, I think we got to see, I think we got to see some of our drivers really start to embrace this, this star power, uh, Lyle Barnett, who we're going to be joined by here in the next 15 minutes or so, really in 2022, I think kind of came out, not out of his shell. He's always been a very outspoken and a personable guy, but he really dived into the role of a professional drag racer, putting himself yeah. out there consistently, um, ruffling feathers at times, but always being entertaining. I think Melanie Salemi and Tommy Franklin both spoke very candidly and passionately about this event. And one of the things that I think I'm specifically proud of is as I looked around that room and as this has happened in the coming or excuse me over the course of the last couple of how long has it been since we announced the race just shy of two months maybe I think so it was in yeah. uh October right I think so I mean a lot has happened in the last couple of months but yeah. I looked around that room and I think about the the outpouring of support that we've received in the weeks since we announced it Keith Haney's in the crowd, uh, the president and founder of the Midwest Drag Racing Series. Tommy Franklin's up on stage with me, uh, president and founder of, of the professional PDRA, the Professional Drag Racing Association, Drag Racers Association. We had um, John Mazarana from the Northeast Outlaw Pro Mod Association texting me and encouraging me. And it just, when there's some magic happening here, maybe not everybody realizes it, but when you start to get this many people invested in the outcome of a project, magic starts to happen. I mean, that's the lightning in a bottle. We're bringing people from all these different communities, all these different pockets that have various interests, right? various uh, things that they can bring to the table. And this has been one of the things that have driven me crazy personally about like maybe the NHRA and some of these organizations that exist. You have some of the most resourced, intelligent, connected people like on the planet here. I mean, I, I, anytime anybody asks me, hey, do you? Yeah, I know a guy. I mean, I, I say, yeah, I know a guy like 15 times a day. And every time it's somebody that I met in drag racing. And this yeah. is a powerful group of people. And You're if we can get, get everybody arms wrecked, everybody's They're swimming the same right direction. Yep. Man, the, and that's what's happening here. Like I've, I say this a lot, but it's not just going to be Wes, Mike, and JT or Drag Illustrated that's going to get drag racing where it deserves to be. I'm frustrated massively that our sport is so disrespected. The fact that I turn on ESPN or Fox Sports every single day, fire up Sports Center, and I never see a drag racing 
uh, replay. I never see drag racing mentioned unless there's a tragedy, unless there's a terrible crash. I never see our sport represented. It's always bad news and that is bullshit, but it's our fault right? Is it not? I believe it's our fault and it's our responsibility to change that. And while we're all serving our own goals and our own interests or whatever, we're never going to change it. And I think that this is a unique opportunity for this group to kind of, I'm not saying drag racing is not already on the map, but maybe put it in its rightful place. We need an event that people from all walks of the drag racing life can rally around. One of the things I'm excited about is that we've got, and there's this has been a controversial thing, our format being invite only. We've got top fuel drivers. We've got nitro guys. We've got radial tire guys. We've got big tire guys. We've got fresh faces and wiry veterans. You need all those people because they all represent a community. They all represent a fan base. They all represent uh, people that have varying interest. And if we can get them all to focus on one event that that highlights drag racing, a type of drag racing that's easy to get excited about, cars that look like cars, swinging doors, driver on the left-hand side. I put a quote out the other day. Cars that look like real-life Hot Wheels driven by outlaw cowboys, right, that own the car more than likely, have the, the wherewithal and the autonomy to drive it like they stole it, running them heads up for $100,000. I don't really know how you can ask for anything more than that. Mike T, what, what do you say? Yeah. I Agreed, mean, man. That, and yeah. that quote card got a ton of traction. A lot of people Did sharing it? that around. Because that, yeah. it does. It kind of sums up. That should be our, our tagline for this year's race. Because it really I, sums it's, up. It's, it's I've been trying to wrap my arms around. It's not These are cow mod race. Yeah, it's not it's just not. a cow mod race. It's, like, it's almost like an all-star game. You know, it's like, you know, you we just want everybody to come over here and and focus on yeah once a year you're gonna come over here we're racing pro mods but this is the best guys in drag in drag racing and drag and racing. classes that you're never gonna see the right, the, uh, right. import and, cars that we got with the mountain motor yeah we've got some more classes to announce but you're never gonna see that combination and the combination like we talk about your local track uh your your, your weekend warrior at Bradenton is getting a race on the same track as Stevie Jackson or Ricky Smith, you know, you know, and that's a, that's a big deal for these guys too. So, uh, because a lot of times that those, those don't happen and it's big for our import guys, but those guys put on a hell of a show. We found they that out put on a hell of a show when, don't they? in Orlando. Wow. I mean, they I gotta, almost steal I gotta the buy, show sometimes. I got to buy like a shit ton of air horns <laughs> yeah. before we go. Yeah, for sure. I, my thing about, I'm especially proud and I got to give credit where credit's due. That was a Vic, Vic Alvarez, uh, decision, Vic, Asked me, what do you think about, you know, bringing in like some front wheel drive cars, like some of these sport compact cars? And I said, man, I'm all for it. And he was actually surprised. I think he thought I would put up a fight. But the thing I love about the sport compact community is race. These are people that are doing it for all the right reasons. Like they're not, if the car makes it to the stripe under power, they're like, yeah, let's go. You know, and it's just like, <laughs> it may have been Unmatched like the worst run they've made the all line. weekend, but they are so excited because I can't count the number of times I've seen people in high level pro mod racing run like a 369, you know, and then like kick rocks, yeah. walk back to the pits with their yeah, head I down. A, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's like you just went 3.6 seconds in the eighth mile. That's two city blocks, bro. Right. Like think about what you just accomplished and how far pro mod racing's come, but it's still, it's never enough. But when you look at those sport compact guys, they're just having the time of their lives. They bring the, it, it's uh, 
they bring some just energy and enthusiasm that's really rare. Our boy Justin Elks from Modern Racing out in uh, Mooresville, North Carolina, he was taken by the import crowd in Orlando when we were doing the World Door Slammer Nationals. We all were. I we mean, all were. Yeah, you we know, all were. Because they do. They just bring a level of an – I watched – and I don't want to get anybody upset at me. But one of those little – what are they called? Star – shit. No. Uh, star yeah. – what are they? Star – yeah, star, the little short wheelbase cars, star, yeah. star, not star bursts. Somebody will tell me. Um, but anyways, oh, you're talking about like the Fiero? starlets, the little starlets. Oh, okay. So those yeah. little <laughs> import They're cars with the rotary the engines, right? Yeah. It's so funny, dude, this one dude, he was in the staging lanes and he had, he was bolted in, right? Belted in window net up gloves on like two cars back. And he, the, he's got his driver door open oh, yes. and the car over rolls by a Toyota Starlet. Thanks, Brian McCaddy. And he, his door gets folded over into the front fender flat, dude, like some, <laughs> it was like Tommy boy, right? I mean, literally folds the door yeah, around on the Tempest flat, you know? So he goes and so his crew runs over the dude driving the car do? doesn't even flinch. I mean, he's like, kind of looks forward again. One of his crew guys run over, grab the door, and it's like, <laughs> and just slams it shut. And they're like, send it. You know what I'm going? My, we would, I mean, that's how bad they want it. I mean, the door's probably going to fall off this thing when he bangs third gear at 14,000 RPM with the rotary engine and those things. But we'll it's like, they don't care. For the next they just want to go drag yeah. racing, man. They just want to make <laughs> yeah. a lick. And I just and those love things, that enthusiasm. Those things, they, they drive the shit out of those things. They are all over the track. I, mean, I want to drive one of those things as bad as I want to take my next breath. Like, I mean, badly, because be I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know. It might be, man. But I just <laughs> burn, burn, burn. I love sound effects. JT will probably cut oh, this out and turn go. it into a GIF. But yeah. like, uh, seriously, GIF. I mean, those things. Be a sound effect. Yeah, GIF. Giffy, right? GIF. Isn't that GIF. it? Or what do you GIF, say? GIF. GIF. They say GIF, it's GIF, whatever. But we're yeah. not. We're I don't not, know. I've uh, always said Accepting yeah. that. Yeah. Jif is peanut pop. butter, right? Jif <laughs> right. is peanut butter. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, I guess it could be GIF. Do you guys like Jif peanut butter? Are you guys Jiffy guys or are you uh, Peter Pan guys? What's it called? Peter no, Pan? Definitely Jif. Jif? I'm a Jif yeah. guy. I'm really like yeah. kind of neither. You don't I like just, peanut I just, butter? I just don't eat much peanut butter, no. God, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't. Really? He doesn't eat sweet. This dude doesn't Screw eat ball. sweets, man. Screwball. You don't eat, you don't eat any sweets or desserts, yeah. just straight. Not much. I've gotten into them a little in, bit more. I could eat a little bit rib eyes. Yeah. I shit you not. I could eat an entire $7 tub container of like you, $6.99. You still, got, you still got like eight containers back Extra back crunchy Jif peanut butter with a spoon right now. I could eat it yeah. all. I know you right can. Now. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. The problem with it is so calorie dense. Like you eat it and you're like, you're doing the math in your head. Like, all right, 90 calories a tablespoon. This this shovel I've got in my hand, I think that's like a half. It's probably like a half tablespoon. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you do the math, it's like fifteen thousand calories. You know, so I've just eaten all my calories for the that's week. That's why. That's why you just kept leaving jars of it laying around back here. I I seriously yeah. threw away like eight or ten of them the other day when I cleaned. Well, if office. I get to here's what happens. Let me explain myself. Damn it. If I have to start digging deep enough in the container that I'm getting peanut butter on my hands, oh, yeah, I throw it away. Done. Yeah, you know, like I can't. I need how are you supposed to get? I can't be get getting peanut anyway. butter all over my fingers and shit. Like I, get you know what I mean? Like spoon, son, Jesus. I know. Well, dude, what like am I supposed to do? Like a mixing stir thing? Yeah. Dude, know. all I've got is plastic silverware. They're like that long. 
you know, and when you start digging down to the bottom and you get peanut butter all over your hands, I'm trying to type. I just got to move to a new container, you know, and I, this is the tangent of the year nominee already. First off, first in 2023 tangent of the year, we got onto peanut butter. uh, Do you eat peanut butter, Mike? You guys are about to get picked off the show. Calorie dense foods. All based off how you pronounced gifts. Do you so like that, that uh, brown yeah. version of peanut butter? What's it called? My daughter likes it. Oh, Nutella? Oh, not a fan. Uh, no, it's, no, it's not good. It's all awful. Horrible. Awful. Sophia, like my little girl, she'll like eat sugar and free. she's just oh, like me God. with peanut butter. She'll eat the whole thing. You know what my son likes, Max? Marshmallow cream. Ugh. Do you like marshmallow like, cream? No. no. That, but you know how healthy the Buck household is. We just kind of like, we just aired out all of our dirty laundry right here. Like uh, Wes and his family, they're real ill. No surprise. Sounds like they eat Nutella, Jif, and marshmallow cream exclusively. And, and yeah. pickle popsicles in between. Yeah. Oh, that, my daughter that, that lives Vegemite on popsicle. is the, that's the stuff the whores brought to us at, at the race, wasn't it? You need that, to put that, their first names Vegemite. on that because that sounds Good. real screwed yeah. up. We're just saying the <laughs> that's going to sound brought. great on the <laughs> yeah. audio podcast. Yeah. Brian and Nicole Hoare from Australia brought uh, Nutella or, or brought Vegemite over, not just some random whores. Uh, <laughs> Brian and Nicole Hoare brought it over. You My God. Know, you know. Yeah. Jeez <laughs> oh, Louise, dude. You're so funny. And I think the thing that I like about JT is he's probably his funniest when he doesn't mean to be. Like right. one of my all time <laughs> favorites is for like, Five years, JT called oh. Aeromotive Fuel Systems Aero Automotive. He would say it right to people's <laughs> face. Like oh, we'd be I- in a conference call with Steve Matusik and all these people from Aeromotive or whatever. And he's like, Yeah, so when did you guys open Aero Automotive? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, it's Aeromotive, I can, man. I could butcher someone's name and I could stick my foot <laughs> in my mouth because I, I just don't think half the time. And then I open my mouth and I'm like, oh shit. What about yeah. uh, Jarrell Aplo, one of our 30 under 30 members? I looked at JT and I said, how do you say, I, I was getting ready to go up on stage at the 30 under 30. I look at T and I go, how do you say his name? Like, I didn't want to screw it up. And uh, and I do this and typically Nate a little bit dropped the ball on this. Nate, our editor in chief of Drag Illustrated, version? he normally types out my notes and puts phonetic spelling, you know, so I can like sound it out on stage because uh, I, I don't practice that. for any of that stuff. No, I didn't have it this year. So anyways, I go over to T and I said, hey, man, how do you sell this, say this kid's name? I don't want to butcher it. Why are you asking T in the first place? <laughs> he looks at me and he goes, I'm pretty sure it's Gerald Apollo. <laughs> I think I heard that and I was like, no, 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 no. It, it can't be Gerald Apollo. It can't be. Uh, and then I walk over to Gerald and I look at him. I said, hey, man, how do you say your name? And he's like, what do you mean? Jarrell Aplo. <laughs> like, oh, my, okay. It's just so exactly how it sounds and looks. Okay. okay. Fair enough. You know? Yeah. I didn't uh, sound it out. My bad. You know? <laughs> it was so funny, man. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what a deal, dude. What a deal. Peter Pan Crunchy only. I Are you guys cream? Well, JT, excluding you. Do you like crunchy peanut butter or smooth, creamy? Me? You're asking me? Yeah. Mike? I like if I'm just eating it by itself on a spoon, crunchy. Yeah. But like in a sandwich or something, peanut butter and jelly smooth. Is that weird? And yeah, <laughs> our school, our school always served peanut butter sandwiches. With so you're traumatized chili. with chili. Oh, I dude, just, that's I, common. I think yeah, that's common. I never really understood yeah. it. You no know? wonder. No, you I don't think eat people sweet. dip it. People like yeah. Well, I'm gonna make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then dip it in my chili. You know? Speaking of that, that sounds like a Missouri thing. I heard on the there's, radio today. There's Gerald Apollo today, right there. Yeah, today is <laughs> National Missouri. Sorry, Day. Gerald. Did you guys know this? 
today What's is that? national really? missouri day i didn't know missouri had a day but it's today it's uh it's january 4th you should have worn so, your chiefs your happy chiefs, uh, jersey i should have happy missouri day to both you guys even though wes is relocated i uh i uh sent happy missouri christmas, day t for christmas i sent uh mike and his family chiefs jerseys for them to wear but um, he's already get, given away one of them. Real quick, can you explain the – I bet I got 15 texts about why is JT wearing a Cincinnati Bengals jersey. Can you explain those photos to us real quick, buddy, before we, like, talk about drag racing again? Oh, I was uh, – well, I mean, after the Chiefs won, then I was really rooting for the Bengals, you know, coming up Monday night. Oh, so one okay. of my friends brought me over a Bengals jersey because we need. I told Alicia that you to lost a bet. I was certain yeah, you lost We need the Bengals to win for the Chiefs to stay number one. I see. Where okay. are these photos? I, I think I missed this. Oh, oh really? really? Well, they're worth were they on your story or something? No, uh, no I don't think so. No. Okay, I'm not Sorry. sure. Sorry, T. Uh, choking it in a sandwich. Yeah, Mike. Mike had a Mike had a kid on his basketball team who who uh, they ordered him a Mahomes jersey, right? Yeah. And it didn't show up in time for Christmas, so the, the prank ended up saving a kid's Christmas. Yep. <laughs> no joke, <laughs> man. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's cool. Really, it was, Earnhardt, it was Junior's Earnhardt Junior's uh, nephew or something. Oh, and for everybody that doesn't know, Mike coaches uh, Dale Junior uh, in basketball, right? No, something I, to that no, effect. no, no. Actually, no, I think I think Dale's I think Dale's is a baller. He's got uh, I think he's got like a full court gym at his place or at his at his business or something. But yeah, uh, we're gonna no, hit that up next it's, time. I'm it's in town. one of his. It's it's <laughs> one of his. Uh, someone in his family. I don't know the exact relation. Oh, I thought we were like a, like we were like one step away. With oh yeah, one, we are. One, we, we need okay. to have him close. on. We're we need close. to. We're, we're working to try to have him on this show, and then for us to be on his show. Right? Oh yeah, that'd be yeah. great. We just walk in yeah. to the to the Dale Junior Download uh, studio. That'd be that'd be sweet. That would be badass. I've I'll actually call, started I'll referring to my office as the and... studio, just so you guys know. <laughs> Um, this is no longer my office. It's the studio. I've been studio. anybody that asked me like where I'm going or what I'm like, oh, I got to run by the studio real quick. I just my side to the do you? Yeah, he says I'm just kind of I'm not the studio it. right now. Oh, I like, like that. Oh, I figured studio. You just meant... Are you still in your are you still in your green room eating eating green <laughs> M&Ms only or what's going on, Mike? When did I say that? What are you talking about? You said that a couple months ago. I gave you shit about it. Remember? Oh, I said it on Slack. I said, I'll meet you guys in the studio. <laughs> studio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> T thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. Uh, I like, it is. Technically, like I've got people in the WeWork building uh, that they walk by and they're like, what is going on in here? I've got lights and microphones and stuff. Cables run all over the place. And it's so funny because they just walk by and kind of look at me and keep on going. I'm like, hey, well, that's what's funny about that we work you know there's that weird guy come from where we come from hell i walk around there and you're not the only one doing podcasts and no you know and it's like i have there's like at least on the two floors of the we work here in fort worth i bet there's a dozen podcasts that come out of this building like there's several on the other side of the building that all they do in their office space is is use it as a studio so kind of interesting man that place Um, is awesome it I really mean, it is. Really is I, cool. It's a perfect fit for like a company like ours that is far flung. We have people, you know, working remotely. We have an office in Missouri. We got Nate in, uh, in, in Indianapolis. We, I'm here in Texas. You know, we got people all over. Mike's in Charlotte. Van's in Charlotte. Uh, Brett's in Charlotte. I mean, we got people all over. So this is like a great fit for. Um, I think that it would be if they wanted to have had that damn. Uh, we that documentary that kind of burnt the whole deal to the ground. <laughs> I, still I, I watched I, it. 
the really? documentary yet. No, I need to. I think it'll skew your perspective on what's going on here. Like, cause it's a really great concept and I think it kind of gets sold down the river for dramatic sake or for what makes great television. Cause both of them, like the one with uh, the, the, the real pretty looking guy um, from five minutes to Mars or whatever is like the main character. I think he, that the, the dramatized version of it's really good, but the actual documentary is really good as well, but it definitely makes the whole deal look super bad. So. And you're right yeah. there. You're right there at TCU, right? Yeah, dude. I could go, go I mean, horned frogs, right? Go horned frogs, man. I think I'm genuinely excited about that deal. From what I understand, I'm obviously not a well versed team. I just I, mean? I needed another team. The only <laughs> issue is that I'm not a big purple guy, but I'm I've decided uh, to embrace it. So I oh, bought wait, some purple a, shit. A winner, yeah. a winner. Oh, I think I'll be a fan. <laughs> What's wrong with liking teams that win? Oh man, yeah. I mean, uh, geez, Louise. Marty Robertson is a huge TCU guy. I think his whole family has gone there, right? He's Correct. from Fort Worth. Well, his daughter went somewhere else. Oh, okay, well, but he was Christmas. he was uh, he was chewing his no, fingernails sure off you this past weekend watching those games. Those games were were nuts on on New oh, Year's Eve. Our next guest, our next guest was pretty nervous too, I believe. Yep, he had some he had some stake in there, but he, um. He, real quick, I, I talk, guys, I let me pay some him. bills. I want to, I to uh, remind everybody. I, I talked to our quick. next guest before that, and, and you did during when it was live, and he told me that they were still going to win. So I pushed live on a bet and won. So oh, you pushed live I, on a bet? Yeah, congratulations! Yeah, I have to thank him. The kids, the kids had a good Christmas, you know, and New Year's because of him. So. <laughs> they got shoes. Don't yeah. have ho- don't have holes in them. <laughs> thank goodness. Yeah. Um, hey, real quick, guys, I want to remind everybody that each and every episode of the West Buck Show is brought to you by way of our friends at Stroud Safety. Stroud Safety is known for their top quality racing safety equipment from drag shoots and seat belts to fire suits, gloves and blankets, all 100 percent made in America. Log on to Stroud.com today and make sure you tell them we sent you guys. We've got uh, one of our favorite guests who I've decided earlier today is going to be a recurring friend of the program. Um, we're going to, I would like to, uh, we talked about this late last year that we wanted to kind of get off that hamster wheel of like scrambling to get whoever won the last race on the show. So I'm punting on that format and I'm just going to bring back the homies as often as possible because I I just want to talk shop with my, with my guys. And if I'm going to throw this out there, if you want to be on the show, send us a message because I don't know how much we got a lot going on. We will accept anybody. I'm, I'm serious though. We've got a lot going on like the next 60 days. Before the World Series of Pro Mod, it is at full tilt boogie at Drag Illustrated. I mean, we are yeah, balls we'll just let to you the wall. Just, we'll do three at a time, and we just won't even be on here. We'll, we'll nah, keep man. working. Anybody would, who wants I to come really on and talk that. about drag yeah. racing with us, come on with it, brother. If, you, if you're fairly well-spoken and you can string a few words together, come on with it. We'd love to have you because it's, it's hard, man. We would have to basically – I feel like we've got two distinct options. Kind of keep it how it is and just bring back some usual suspects like the Howard Stern type of approach where we're going to have some recurring guests, you know, and then every once in a while bring in something that's news related or we're going to have to like literally develop a booking department at our at our company because this deal has become a big enough deal for us and we get enough uh, movement off of it that we're going to have to probably hire someone that's like doing ongoing outreach and I want to work on the race. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I want to come talk drag racing, but I want to work on the, I want to, I want to work on the race. So yeah. anyways, guys, yeah, at least that's my Let's kind of thought. Both. So 
Do both. Do you want to do two episodes of the show a week? Yeah, no. let's double, no, let's meant, double down just, on no, it. No, I did not mean to do two. That's no. JT's no. been texting me, man. I would like to do three, maybe four I shows never, a week. Is what ever said that ever <laughs> no. in my life. No, maybe maybe we do it. I think that no, I told I Nancy this like morning it. we could do just like two shows a week, maybe in like October. You know what I mean? Yeah, or like September. Right no, not right now. But like during the in the throes of record setting season, you could probably do it. Like you get into the fall when there's so many races going on, we could probably pull off like a Tuesday and a Thursday or a Monday and a Thursday. But you know that type of thing. You know, yep. you know what I mean. But I was thinking like we'll have Lyle uh, come on at least once a month. Have Courtney Enders come on at least once a month. Come up with a handful of others. The people that that we Clay. can really chop it up with. Clay is a great one uh, to come on just regularly and chop it up with us. Maybe we turn one week a month into like Clay Day, right? You know what I mean? And Clay have day. Clay Clay Day, you know, kind of yeah. like uh, Pat McAfee has Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays. Um, I think that would be kind of a fun thing for us. So to a play adopt, date. You have a clay date. Clay date. Oh, man. It's a We're rolling date. now. Damn. Oh, dude, I Jesus. love I'm one of my favorite <laughs> marketing uh, little slogans that I've I've latched onto for a long time. It's it was in a book that I read uh, a few years ago. It says, take time to rhyme. And it's true, right? I mean, like, it's so helpful when you're trying to sell something or put an offer together or put some sort of package together. Like, if you've got to make a deal or try to promote a product, take the extra week to come up with some sort of slogan that rhymes. It, it really does make a difference. It's almost a, this clay date or clay day will happen just because we made it rhyme. Like, we will I'm not a, forget I'm a poet. it. It will want to make it happen. I didn't know it. Oh, here. All right. Uh, here we go. <laughs> let's, let's move on. He's got bars. Even Lyle's shaking his head. Oh, my bars. He's got bars, man. He's got bars. All right, guys. Without any further ado, we've kind of um, blown off all the questions that I had. I had five questions that we were going to discuss as a group here. Uh, but I think let's go ahead and bring uh, – the man of the hour, an invitee driver to the fast approaching Drag Illustrated World Series of Pro Mod, a guy who I believe continued just a really breakout performance in Pro Modified over the course of the last two seasons. The one, the only, Lyle Barnett. What's up, Lyle? What's up, dog? Playing roles. First of all, we don't just become TCU fans overnight. What is a horned frog? You're going to be asking the same question next Monday. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm Team Lyle. Problem. Oh, whatever. What is a frog? Wes, they already went out and bought an entire purple. I guarantee. Up. They're ready. They're ready. Guarantee. Next week. Alicia wears I've got a helmet, the whole bit. Um, but <laughs> what is National Geographic over here? What is, what's a horned frog? I, I don't know, man. Okay, exactly. I don't know. They're purple. We don't need um, they seem, I'll tell you here, here's, per, they're purple frogs with horns no, most often <laughs> no, seen not. on the walls of bars right yeah. in and around the Fort Worth area. Oh. They're like all over the walls yeah. of like a lot of restaurants and bars down here. Oh, you know what I mean? Out. He's out on that one. Now, yeah, flip your phone sideways. You're going to give me like a seizure. Turn it. Flip it. Landscape. Landscape. Now sure. unlock your screen. <laughs> We're getting close. We're That's getting it. close. You're right. We're getting close. We my man, my man, we took it out in here, beard bro. Only. If I it's had that like beard Elon only. Musk right here, man, He'd probably build a <laughs> space shuttle next. He has to be, he has to be vertical for that beard to fit in. Yeah, <laughs> right. If you had this kind of beard, you definitely wouldn't pull for a freaking horn frog. So. <laughs> no, whatever. Anyway, don't you think the Georgia Bulldog mascot looks weird though? Was, 
those were some awesome games this past weekend. No, it's a weird looking weird. bulldog. It's just no, not a great bulldog. looking bulldog mascot. Neither is a horn frog, Wes. <laughs> no, have you, you should see the La Plata bulldog. Much better looking bulldog. Like that's where JT's from. Woo, it's a wow. better looking bulldog. The mascot, yeah. the Georgia mascot. Okay. I do like the G though. I like the G. You know yeah. the that you mean styling. The Green Bay Packers the G. G. Yeah, total ripoff. Which came first, the Packers or the University of I don't know. Uh, Georgia? Lyle. Yeah, well, that's that's some trivia for Lyle right there. That was before my time. Oh, bro. He's a hardcore fan. You know, <laughs> whatever. Don't even know. What... <laughs> okay. He didn't have right. National Geographic okay. either. <laughs> all right. Uh, no, it's days, all okay. Wes, I'm going to whip your ass in the stadium. Like no, you better eat a big lunch. You better eat a big I'll lunch. Sure um, real quick, this, is a, this was a tough one, but I think the four of us can reflect on this momentarily. Uh, and, and I'm not trying to down on the mood here, so don't lose the energy. But because uh, I don't think this is the type of guy that would want us on here crying our eyes out. But our sport, the, this car culture, the automotive industry, motorsports lost an icon earlier yeah. this week with the passing, the untimely death of Ken Block, uh, an icon in action sports, X Games, uh, rally racing, of course, uh, Jim Kana, the, the, the original Hoonigan. And I just kind of wanted to go around the room a little bit and reflect on uh, on this guy's legacy and what Ken Block meant to motorsports, man. I talk about it so frequently, how important it is and will be for drag racing to become part of pop culture. Like it's so important for us as a community to make this is make hot rodding and make drag racing fashionable. We've pointed to the street outlaws a lot about how that TV show and its insane popularity has really done a tremendous amount for drag racing because it's made it cool to drag race. And I point to someone like Ken Block, and I think he did that for all of car culture. Like, I don't think there's ever been anybody that has had that kind of widespread influence on car culture and motorsports. I, I think about Ken, uh, I used to watch Jim Connor 3 with my little boy Max every single night before he went to bed. We would lay in his bed, and that was what he watched to go to sleep. Uh, Jim, it's happening every time they release one of those. I mean, the whole it's incredible. car culture, everyone's watching that video. And it doesn't matter like who you are, what your background is, whether you're a hardcore. I mean, I'm a generational car guy, right? My great grandpa liked hot rods. My grandpa liked hot rods. My dad likes cars. You know, it was passed down to me. But but Ken Block did something different. He caught the interest of people that didn't even have a a, a passing interest in motorsports with his the, the with the spectacular nature in which he did everything and i'm just curious uh, lyle i'm gonna throw it to you you had a, a couple of really powerful words in our private slack channel um earlier in the week and uh, i'm sure you were as blown away by this you think about those folks as being invincible to be honest yeah you do it i mean growing up he was what you always dreamed of being like there's not a there's not an automobile anything with wheels on this planet that dude couldn't drive and for that matter i mean i know it was what ended up taking him from us but i mean he was unreal on a snowmobile like i mean literally anything you know and it was who somebody i always dreamed of driving a drift car like or a rally car like you know i still think those dudes have huge titanium balls but you know it they do become at some point you feel like they're invincible you know like oh that dude will just never go you know he's always the one that'll be around he may get old one day you know but he'll always be around to, to talk about it and, and tell the story and it just seems of all the crazy things that Ken Block has done, 
and you think that a snowmobile crash is what took him, you know, and it, it when, just... and he actually, you're talking about, you know, that he'll never get old. He actually, I think was older than you realize he was 55 oh, yeah. years 55, old, yeah. but he looked young and he always, what sticks out to me about him was he always had that huge, big smile on his face. Yeah. Like he was just having the best time all the time. And he and, had swagger. And, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. That's, I think that's a lot why he didn't look as, you know, why he did look young was he had it's that interesting swagger too. when he walked in somewhere. Yeah, it, I actually he you know he started doing some stuff sort of uh, orbiting drag racing. We saw the Alex Laughlin deal where he raced uh, Ken's daughter on on one of those uh, YouTube videos, and yeah. then I actually saw Ken Block. I didn't. I, I wish now that I had gone up to him and and introduced myself to him, but I actually saw him hanging out in the Tony Stewart pits, Tony Stewart racing pits. It might have been Hagen or Leah Pruitt's pits here in Charlotte, either, I can't remember. I think it may, it may have been the spring race last year. Uh, he was hanging out, checking everything out. That's another sort of deal that comes along with the Tony Stewart thing, kind of like Travis Pastrana. Um, yeah. But he, I actually saw him and, and was kind of starstruck. I was like, oh, man, that's Ken Block, dude. That's like, yeah. you know, just a, an icon. So it's, it, it's, it's obviously tragic, but I would have loved to have seen where that was maybe going, you know, or what that conversation was about. He, I remember a real one of those like humbling moments at the SEMA show. It had been probably it wasn't too long after Jim Connor three had come out. So I don't know what Jim Connor they were on, like eight or nine. Um, I mean, it's been going on for a while. And Max was little. Max was probably like five, maybe. So it could have been nine, ten years ago. Right. And I remember being at the SEMA show and Jim Connor three was out and that's the, the gym, the version where he took the Ford focus and he did donuts around the guy in a gorilla suit on one of those, uh, yeah. segues. Right. And he's cutting donuts around it. And that mo like for whatever reason that just like got my Max's attention. He just loved that part of the video and he normally would stay awake long enough to watch that and then fall asleep. And I was at the SEMA show, and I can't remember if it was the Pirelli booth or who it was. I think it was Pirelli, but Ken Block was there signing autographs, and it was a poster print of that frame, his car sliding around the gorilla. And you know how we get, right? Lyle, I'm sure you've experienced this, Mike, JT, where we get a little too good to wait in line for autographs, right? I mean, we're like, we're in the club, right? We're, in, we're inside the ropes. Like, I ain't, we ain't waiting in line for no autograph. But I remember going, I've got to wait in this line. You know what I mean? I like remember I'm not about I remember seeing him signing those posters. I'm it? not about to walk by all these people or try to get special treatment. So I literally just stood in that line like everybody else. And I don't know how long I waited a long time, but I was so excited to bring that poster home to my little boy. And it hung in Max's room forever, uh, forever and ever. And it's still just, he left such a mark that, and you talk about shoes that are impossible to fill. I don't know that I don't know how anybody measures that or, or could ever do for motorsports and car culture what he did. I, I think about all the JT talks about the swag. Like he brought a unique style to our sport. I mean, think about it all like he he was a co-founder of DC Shoes. And, yeah. and he brought all this kind of streetwear fashion. I mean, look at what a Hoonigan has become. The Hoonigan brand. It's a verb now. Like, you know what I mean? Like Hooning. Is I mean, he invented a word, you know, and it's <laughs> it's unbelievable the the mark that that man made on car culture and motorsports. And I just don't know that. And I think it, it's especially significant because it it 
crossed all boundaries. I, I like, I think of people like Dale Earnhardt and I mean, I don't mean to, and I'm not saying anything cross about, you know, the intimidator. I'm just saying he spoke to a, a, a sliver of the, not a sliver, a, a large group, but stock car racers. You know what I mean? Like there were drag racers and other people from other walks of the motorsport life that obviously held Dale Earnhardt in high regard. But I think the way that Ken Block, we all loved him. No matter where you, if you were a car show guy, you were a dirt bike guy, you were a road race guy, you were wherever you fit, a nitro guy, wherever you fit in, you were impacted in some way, shape, or form by what Ken Block. He's a wheel man. Did. I mean, just it, driving just, uh, bitch, whatever, man. whatever he, whatever he grabbed a hold of, just a wheel man. I think about the confidence it would have taken, like that shot of him going up Pike's Peak in the Hoonicorn, where it's almost going over the edge. Yeah. Hanging off the bags, hanging off the that shot is yeah. so iconic. And, and if you've ever been up Pike's Peak, you, you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's some scary, that's some scary shit right there. No, man. So, hey, I just want to, you know, on behalf of myself, all of us on screen right now, the whole team at Drag Illustrated, I just want to send uh, our heartfelt condolences to really our entire community, but most uh, assuredly. Uh, Ken's family. Uh, he's a father. Uh, of, you know, I can't imagine uh, what they're going through right now. His, that brotherhood that he had created with his businesses, with his racing operation. Uh, he touched so many, so many people, millions of fans around the world. And uh, we're thinking about all you guys. And it's, uh, I, again, I don't know that those shoes will, will ever be adequately filled. But guys, like I said, I don't think he uh, I don't claim to know the man well. I was lucky enough to to talk to him and passing a handful of times, but I certainly don't think he would want us all hanging our heads, and I don't want to derail what should be a, a really positive conversation amongst all of us today, but it would have been wrong not to talk about it, eh? Yep, absolutely. Yep. All right, guys. So let's uh, let, let's what do we, what, let's let's move on. And we we're gonna I'm gonna leave bring Lyle into some of these conversations that we were starting to we're going to have early in the day. We can talk World Series of Promot. I certainly would like to, but I want to talk just about what do you think some of the biggest storylines of 2022 were? As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're a month away from the second annual DI Awards. Very exciting. We're going to do a special episode of the show right here on Wednesday afternoon where we're going to go through our 15 categories. We've got five, six nominees, I believe, in every one of them. But let's let's talk about it right now. I mean, if you guys had to identify like the biggest happenings in 2022, uh, what do you I mean? Honestly, I'm going to throw a couple of softballs out there. Lyle winning the U.S. Nationals. I mean, it's got to be in the conversation. Probably going to make him feel awkward, but I think it's got to be in the conversation. Especially after oh, surviving what he survived to, to get there. Yeah, true, true. I mean, do you guys training. have some other that ones? Training. Training. That was training, Lyle. Huh? <laughs> that I was failed. just training. I, uh, he, I think he did good. Miserably. It's um, an inside joke. JT took, part, took uh, Lyle out partying all night on Thursday or Friday night before the U.S. Nationals. And that's Lyle all you have to say. So. Everybody else, that's everybody it. knows. Everybody knows what that means. <laughs> and then I won the big go. Yeah, you um, won it. Yeah. Mike, I'm going to throw it to you. Seriously, what do you think? I mean, was there something that especially stood out to you as like a storyline or a drag racing news story that was perhaps the most significant in all of 2022? We had a lot, man, but one one of the ones that I think we just were talking about it kind of crossing boundaries was the whole Travis Pastrana thing. And we, I, Lyle was there, you were there, I was there, JT, sorry, but uh, <laughs> we we got to kind of participate in that and see it firsthand. And that was that was a really cool deal. And I really feel like that um, that 
that sort of got drag racing in front of the mainstream again. I think we saw more stories across more mainstream news outlets and and even more uh, like Racer Magazine and things like that where they, they, they don't tend to cover drag racing unless it's something big happening or something horrible, uh, sort of like we talked about earlier. But that was really cool to me. I, I think that that has to be up there, even though it was something that wasn't like on an NHRA track or even at a, any, any kind of uh, sanctioned race. I just feel like that brought a big spotlight to drag racing. Lyle, what did you make of that deal? Like, was that as big of a, it felt seismic to me personally, having Travis Pastrana even show interest in drag racing felt like a victory, but to get him in a top fuel car, I mean, holy moly. I mean, the place was pretty empty, you know, but it felt like it was the biggest, and it was the biggest thing going on, you know, at, at the current time, obviously, but it felt like the place was full, you know, and for the first time I saw, and Travis is in, kind of similar to Kim Block is somebody that as a kid I looked up to, you know, he's always been just a, yep, you know what, on a freaking motorcycle. And now anything he's kind of, if there's anybody who could come close as far as driving ability and, and the impact they have made, especially on, on the younger generation that Kim Block did, it would be Travis, I think. But I yeah. um, for the first time ever, I saw Travis, what I consider would, would consider worried. Like, have I bit off more than I can chew? And you've never seen, tri you know, like triple backflip. Absolutely. You know, this dude jumped out of a plane without a parachute. Without a, bro. Right. You know, and that was the <laughs> first time that I've ever seen him be like, I think I may have screwed up, you know, but when, when he got bolted into the car there under the, the little archway at Z max dragway. And I, I got to say real quick, a uh, huge shout out to Z max dragway the NHRA, Lonnie Grimm, um, for making this happen because there was a chance that all of the hype was about to go up in smoke because there wasn't a test session scheduled for Monday after the race. And it was a, a special effort made, uh, obviously, by like Scott Palmer and Alex Laughlin were really deserve, I, I would say, all the kudos, to be honest, because none of this would have happened without those two. But Scott, we, there was some genuine concern that we weren't going to get to pull this off. So huge shout out to the team at ZMAX Dragway for having the vision required to say, hey, we will do whatever is required to make this happen. But you're right. When he pulled up under that archway, Lyle, and they got him strapped in the car, he, he's got, I mean, belted in like arm restraints, the whole bit. And he goes, he, I mean, it was an awkward moment for me because I was legit hand to God starstruck, like being around Travis Pastrana was very like, it was surreal. Um, and he looked at me in, in the face and he was, get me out. Yep. And I thought, he thought what? you were the guy what? to what? get him out, you know? And he, and then everybody scrambled over to like help him get out of the car. And he's like, I just, I just need a minute. And it, for me, that was a huge moment for everybody that witnessed that. And I, I really wish it was, I, it maybe needs to be talked about more because it speaks to the courage that is required to drive a top fuel dragster that is so frequently overlooked in any uh, of these cars. Any really. of them. Because I know, yeah. I, I feel like that's a pretty common uh, time in the sequence to really get that panic. It's happened to my dad. I've, I've had to jerk him out of the car. You know, this man's done it for. 40 years and just if you just kind of get in the wrong mindset you're about to flip that switch but you can kind of have that that wave of panic my, my old man always said is that even if he was having that as soon as he turned the motor over it all went away lyle can you speak to that like it, it, even as someone with tons of experience do you do you even get that moment where you go oh shit what am i about to do here 
Yeah, I got it about two months ago when uh, Randy Meyer pushed me in the water box the first time in that top alcohol car and hit the candle to what Travis Pastrana was about to do. You know, and I don't know how much time you guys have spent around me and Randy Meyer. I've gotten the pleasure to know him and we talk pretty frequently. And, and, uh, but he is like just as mellow and even, you know, he just, he kind of talks at the same tone. This is what we're going to do. I need you to flip that switch, you know, and he wasn't like, all right, man, are you ready? Just lean over. All right, law, you ready? I guess, you know, (laughs) and I turned the switches on and I shoved the clutch in. And I mean, he fired, I mean, it's not like it was just no bullshit. We're here to get you licensed in this car. And that was the first time that, well, one of the first times, but that I was sitting there like, I don't know, this doesn't feel right, you know, but then, you know, he fired it up and I, rolled her through the water box and did a burnout and everything was good. Is it, is it more so like right there, right before you're about to, to spin the motor over than like in the pits thinking about it or preparing, you know, mentally for the run? Oh yeah. When you, when you, you know, most of the tracks, you're not looking down there. There's very few you're, you're in the staging lanes looking down the racetrack, right? Like Indy's one, when you turn the corner, you got a long time to look down the racetrack. Oh yeah. Yeah. But most of them, you know, Gainesville's one where we'll be, you know, in a, in a couple months, you know, you kind of turn out on the racetrack, Bristol's. Right. Um, and it usually doesn't hit me until your next car in the water, you know, and the two in front of you take off and you're just waiting on the signal from the NHRA or whoever's there. But uh, once you get more comfortable, you know, and feel like you're where you belong in the seat, it's it's not as, not as big of a deal. But the first time is always the worst. Like, I'll never forget the – I mean, the first time I ever drove a Pro Mod – was with Justin Elks in Bradenton in like early December. And he's like, I'm just letting you know that I don't know how to make this thing go slow. So <laughs> the first time you let go of the button is going to be the fastest you've been to any cone that measures time down this road. <laughs> he was right. It went right. like 970 the first time I let go and I'd never been sub one second, you know, and, and that day, the seventh run that day, I went 568 at 253 miles an hour, you know, and I had never been to the quarter and over 200 so it was you know but the first time is always the worst always yeah and another thing that adds to this whole story you know besides alex and lyle and you guys being there and scott palmer you know uh is is the fact that another guy that had a great story throughout the year tony stewart you know and and lending a hand and going you know hey man you're about to get smacked in the face or whatever he said you know but but uh um, for him to be I there think, and, and helping yes. out too. And he was a story in himself this year. Oh, you know, so many I don't know that we, yeah. as a sport in a community, I'm not sure that we fully understand what Tony Stewart's done for us. Like, yeah. and I'm not trying to like kiss ass or blow smoke, no pun intended here, it sounds but, like it, but it does. But just think sure. about it. I mean, this, every opportunity this man has had, he has promoted the sport of drag racing. I mean, yeah. he has, and he's invested himself in it. I mean, he's bought equipment, hired people. Think about the people that may be looking for work had this deal not come together. I mean, look at the series, the season that Matt Matt Hagen had. I mean, he contended for a championship. Damn near got her done, right? I mean, in, in a first-year operation, uh, I mean, an opportunity for Leah Pruitt to go out and race without chasing sponsors and trying to make deals. Uh, you know, Lyle, I know you're, you've, you've got friends and great relations with that camp. I mean... Do you agree that that's been a, I don't know that we can really put a, I don't know how you rank it maybe in the grand scheme of things, but it's been a hot minute since we've had 
this much outside interest, you know, from other walks of the motorsport life on drag racing. Yeah. My favorite part about the whole deal is that, you know, Tony is, while he's a team owner and I think he does a great job with that, that dude is a race car driver. You know, there are, there are people that drive race cars and there are race car drivers and Tony Stewart is a by God race car driver. Um, he owns a team and I think he does a great job, but that dude, like he went to the final in his first race in top alcohol and damn near won it. Yeah. Lost um, by one thou on the very next day he gets in Leah's top fuel car and makes test rips for, you know, cause she had, when she had that engine failure or whatever happened, it kind of rattled her cage and she didn't feel like she was. Oh, we lost him. Oh, somebody called him. Phone calls. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but he jumps right in that thing. I think they made a 370 rip at, 320 some or 30 mile an hour like it's just unbelievable dude so he's but it's cool that he 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 gets to see it from both sides right he stands behind the car with his ear molds in and his you know and his shirt tucked in and he's back there as a team owner and the next day he's in gym shorts his tennis shoes and a t-shirt strapping in leah's top fuel car and running 330 miles an hour you know so that's what i like about it and i've i have you know they're friends of mine and i'm tight with their whole camp and you know we all hang out and stuff we're on the road and it's it's a good time. It's a, they're a cool bunch to be a part of. I, going back to the Travis Pastrana deal and Tony Stewart's role in that, I found it incredible. The, the, the care that, and the concern that Tony Stewart had for everybody involved. And I think that he, he kind of stepped in and got Travis's attention. And Travis said that to me, like, there's not a whole lot of people that can like really get my attention, you know, cause I've done a lot of, he's done a lot of stuff, you know I mean? He, he nearly bled out base jumping off a hotel in Florida last year. I mean, he's had a lot of life experience and he, he's, he told us actually right here on this program that, uh, I've started using the word program. I, yeah, I was like, know, what program? Oh, yeah. two times Baptist now. Program. preacher now. They were Baptist preacher now. Studio I, program. Southern Baptist Church program. <laughs> uh, but right here on this program, Travis Pastrana <laughs> talked about how, you know, when you have someone like Tony Stewart say, hey, listen, man, I don't know that you fully aware, you're fully aware of what you're getting yourself into. I, what bigger like vote of confidence or uh, what, like words of affirmation can the sport of drag racing get? I mean, like, like Lyle just explained, this is a race car driver extraordinaire, done it all, world champion, NASCAR Hall of Famer, you name it, he's done it and done it well. And for him to speak on behalf of our sport that way and tell someone as accomplished as Travis Pastrana that, hey, buddy, I don't know that you, you know, you're fully prepared of what you're, what you're sitting in right now. It just speaks to how, I mean, think about all of the people that, that race top fuel every weekend. Right. I mean, Brittany Forrest, Leah, these two women, I mean, all these Justin Ashley, Young, Antron Brown, these guys make it look easy. They make it look routine. No big deal. But I thought it was very powerful to hear Tony Stewart like remind Travis and maybe all of us that we're playing with fire like this is a dangerous, dangerous deal. And I do think we all become desensitized to that. Right. Like we start to we do it so much. We're around it so frequently that we kind of start to take it for granted. They're like, hey, everybody's gonna be fine. It's no big deal. But in that moment, when you see someone like Travis Pastrana say, get me out of here, you know, that, yeah. that that's very telling. And it's good for our sport. And I think we have to talk about it more. Were there other major storylines? I got a little self-promotion here. I feel like we really kind of set the Internet on fire with our World Series of Pro Mod announcement um in the fall uh but there there were others i think that uh 
you know, I it's it, specifically with events. I got to tell you, man, sick week, early 2022. That deal was the talk of town. I don't yeah. know Tom Bailey. I don't know that he ever fancied himself an event promoter, but by God, did he ever throw his hat into the ring in 2022? Sure. I, I think that he, in many ways, ele- raised the bar for all event promoters in the drag racing space. the The attention to detail, the effort, the energy, the enthusiasm that was poured into that deal. I, it, that was probably my. I ripped my arm nearly off during Sick Week and you spent did. six months in a cast. Um, and had my first surgery of my life because of sick week stuff. But I, I'm bummed out that I'm not going to like be able to go on the whole deal this year because I've got to get ready for a, a World Series of Pro Mod. I mean, I think that was like my highlight of 2022, and I got hurt really bad. Yeah, that thing was, that thing was sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, What's your take on that stuff, Lyle? Uh, like, I mean, I- is that stuff on your radar, the drag and drive deal? Yeah. Are you interested in that at all? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's there's not a whole lot of it that goes wrong goes on, which I guess it doesn't really go on around anybody because it travels all over. But um, you know, Eric Yost at Customs by Biggin has has been doing that stuff for a long time as one. You well, know, didn't he like tune uh, the the Swedish guy that won? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Him, he rode with him and Pete tuned yeah. it. You know, from okay. afar. We passed that car on the way out. If you remember, do you couple, remember that? Couple times. Oh, yeah. yeah. Couple yeah. times. Yeah. Yep. So you know, um, I actually have an opportunity to drive in it this year with with Doug Cook and the guys at Motion Raceworks, um, if I can make it happen. It's it's the week before South Georgia. Um, we roll right into the World Series of Pro Mod and then right into Gainesville after that. So with a seven-month-old at home, I'm going to see if I can make it happen, but it probably will put me in the doghouse. So Get your priorities straight, man. It's yeah, the World right. Series of Pro Mod, right. and then everything oh. else can fall in around that. Drive on yeah. down to Gastonia and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I just think that – I mean, listen, you think about how long Hot Rod Drag drag Week has been going on, and I'm not trying to, like, fire shots or anything like that, but very rarely does an event start off at the level that Sick Week did. I mean, if you go back to the original days of, like, Donald Long's Lights Out events, they don't look anything like they do now, right? But, I mean, the bar was set extremely high in year one by Tom Bailey, Luke, Everybody that's involved in that deal, they just kill it across the board. The merch was badass. All the events and everything that was involved with it were badass. The All magazine, the stops, the magazine, magazine is badass. I mean, cool. they, they've done a really, really incredible drive. Dragon Drive in the comments right now is saying 2023 is looking to have 20-plus Dragon Drive events. Uh, that's and insane. That's and, nice. and I will tell, as a word of warning, I, I would encourage people to 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 – Maybe take a deep breath because I think everybody on this screen right now can attest to what happens when there gets to be 20, 25, 30. Uh, I remember one point in time looking Jason Carter, a longtime team car owner with Mark Mickey in the radio uh, versus the world uh, scene. He looked at me one year and he showed me his phone. He goes, dude, there's like 26 radio versus the world races this year. And I remember going, that's too many. You know, I mean, because you're, you know, God bless it. And it's awesome that everybody's trying to get a piece of the action, but it's, we've got to, sometimes racers as a community, we've got to protect ourselves from ourselves, right? Because like if a little's great, a good, a lot's even better and so on. But there is, there is a, uh, what's the, what's the phrase that's a, there's kind of like a point of no return when you get to a point, diminishing returns. Yes. Where it's like, okay, we got so many races, but we've only got so many cars and so much interest. And it's, so water, no, waters I, it down. 
it does water it down a little bit. I mean, I think the <laughs> UFC, that's probably the best example. I remember when yeah. the UFC, a UFC pay-per-view was like you call all your buddies and everybody's getting together to watch the yes. fights, you know, mm -hmm. but now there's like one on Saturday and then there's going to be another one on Monday night and then there's like another one the next Saturday and it's like, ah. There's a knockoff on it on Friday and Thursday. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. So it's it's tough in our it's sport. just make you want to slap somebody. Yeah, I know. Apparently, it makes you. It does make you. Oh, that was Ooh. bad, Mike. That was bad, man. Yeah. That was rough. That's my boy, man. I I hate that for for Dana White. Just Sorry, such a man. Brutal situation. We model so much of what we do after the UFC. I mean, seriously, I think that I actually find myself. I think there's a lot of parallels because the same way I think everybody understands a fight, I think everybody understands a drag race, yeah. right? I mean, and, and I oftentimes look at the. Scale that the UFC has achieved globally, and I've I've found myself envious and or inspired because I think that's there for drag racing. I really do. I mean, I think that everybody knows what it's like to pull up to a stoplight and race someone, young, old, man, woman, doesn't matter, right? Everybody knows what that's like. It's easy to understand. It's over fast. I mean, so much, so many positives. So I'm I've been inspired by it specifically by its growth uh, globally for a long, long, long time. And it was a tough, tough, tough week, man. It's been a really weird start to 2023, eh? It has. It really has, man. Um, so let me, uh, I'm going to ask this real quick while we've got you, Lyle. And I, I want to thank you for being on here, dude. When you look around the scene, and this is a little bit of a unique perspective, and I think it's uh, it's worth asking you this. One of our DI awards that has quickly become very celebrated and a, and a big topic of conversation has been our annual Racer of the Year Award. Um, it's, it's named that for a reason because you mentioned there are people who drive race cars and then there are race car drivers. And I do think there is a differentiation there. There, there is a difference. Those are two different things. Um, who, if you had to throw some names in the hat in 2022 for people that qualify as racer of the year, last year, the award was, uh, was given to Ryan Martin, uh, who went back to back in no prep Kings competition. Uh, he was uh, a company, he was nominated alongside of, uh, Eric Enders, I believe, or no, excuse me, Greg Anderson, um, T Todd Tuttero, a handful of others, Matt Smith. I'm curious, Lyle, what? If you had to drop a couple names here, thoughts? It's hard to argue. It's not because she was a teammate. Um, it's, you know, it's not because she's a professional, but it's hard to argue uh, that Eric Enders had probably one of the most spectacular seasons um, that modern day drag racing has ever seen. Um, the, the, the way that she drove the, she said it at the beginning of the year, there's no more nice Erica. And I thought, I mean, there was never a time where I was like, ah, I just don't know if she's got it. Like, even if she was a hundredth behind, I was like, well, she'll make that up when she lets go in the clutch. You know, and every time they needed her, she did it. Um, and I just thought it was unbelievable. You know, they, they won, she won her fifth. Um, what she win? 10, 11 rate, something yeah, different. 11. This year had freaking 13, 14, number one. Class. I mean, just something ridiculous. Set the ET record first race yeah. of the year yeah and yep but um so that would be my number one pick um you know todd wins another uh pro boost championship which i think was cool amber franklin i think you could throw in there um you know her first really full season at, at outlaw 632 and she wins the championship um it's hard to argue that chris thorne didn't have one of the best years that pro mod racing has seen in a long time 
Um, I think there's several, you know, uh, I mean, Ryan Martin wins another one, but at this point that's just like to be expected. You know, it was like when, yeah, it was kind of like when Steve Torrance was winning just every top fuel race known to man. I, I think I asked on here, like, at what point is it bad that Steve Torrance keeps winning top fuel races? And I think we're at that point with, with the street outlaws, no prep Kings. Like they, he has to stop winning at some point. Like it, it just, it's getting well, bad. I think at some point you have to start. And this is a fun one to talk about here briefly before we bring on our next guest is it's like, you have to uh, you have to start to consider the level of competition. You know, I'll because jump, I'll jump out and let's let's bring him on right now. To okay, talk about hey, this. ladies and gentlemen, um, this we're going to break a little bit of news here. This was not planned. I, I got to say this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it on thick here. Mike Bowman broke my heart in October of 2022. Um, it was a real tough day for me. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to be able to recover from it. To be honest. I, I drove all the way out to the Texas Motorplex, 55 miles from my house, long drive, a lot of traffic, really bumpy road, um, really hard on my Camaro, um, drove over there with no intention other than inviting the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Bowman to the World Series of Pro Mod in 2023. I arrived at the Texas Motorplex, uh, greeted by my my fastly becoming friend, uh, Sam Corcus, the, the team, uh, Jim Hughes and his wife, Robin Hughes and the whole street outlaws, uh, team there. And I went straight to Mike Bowman's pit. We didn't go anywhere else. Mike Carpenter and I met up and we went straight to Mike's pit. And I told him about my plans for the 2023 world series of ProMod, And he looked me square in the face and told me that he'd sold it. I puked briefly. We cleaned that up. Um, he brought, we brought some friends over to kind of talk me through it. It was a really, really rough moment. Uh, and I just said, okay, well, I understand, you know, and he's like, well, I'm going to focus on this, you know, no prep thing. And I continued puking. Um, it was a really, really tough situation. And, uh, but a couple of weeks ago I got a text and it was from Mike Bowman, the living legend himself, the winner of the inaugural drag illustrated world series of promo at Bandemir speedway. And he said, Hey man, I I'm coming to Bradenton. And I cried profusely. It was a big moment. Uh, I couldn't actually believe it. I, I think I replied, are you serious? And he sent me a picture of a motor and he was headed to the shop to start getting his pro mod back together. And a uh, really incredible thing as a past champion of the World Series of Pro Mod, Mike has an invitation that lasts forever. So 15 years from now, when we're doing the World Series of Pro Mod, uh, Mike always has, uh, the, the door is always open for our past champions. So ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, JT, get yourself off the screen. Let's give it up for the one and only Mike Bowman. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Where'd Mike go? Where'd Carpenter go? Well, I lost everybody? Yeah, what's going on, Mike? Where are you at? At the office? Home office? Where are you at? You're muted. Uh, oh, no, there he is. So close the door and and I'm busy with you. Hey, Lyle, what's up, man? Going, Mike. And how's it going? Yeah, another guy that's won some some really cool stuff right there. So, well, hey, man, I want to tell you real quick. Uh, thanks a lot. No, seriously, it was going to be really hard to do the race without you. To be honest, man, you've become a fixture, uh, and it would have been it would have sucked. So thank you for everything that you've done to to make this happen. And I hope you're as excited to be involved as we are to have you. Oh, I'm excited and nervous at the same time because, um, you know, when you've won one of these, I think it puts a lot of pressure on you. And, and um, I haven't raced the Pro Mod since, you know, um, 2019. The car that I'm bringing, um, I did I did put it for sale. Eric had it up on the ProLine website. I was trying to sell it, and 
the feedback I was getting is guys didn't really want it because it was a turbo car and they were going to have to convert it. And that car only had 10 tons on it. So it's like, man, the OG Pro Mod, I fixed it and I sold it. So the one I actually won the race with, I did sell that car. It went to Idaho. Um, but this one I still had. And, and man, I just, I went around PRI. Just, you know, people were asking me, are you going to be at World Series? Like, no, I'm not going to be there. And, no, talk to different people. Brian Robbins, I, you know, I've known a bunch of these guys for a lot of years. And, and I told Brian, yeah, no, it's going to just cost a lot of money. And I really need to concentrate on no prep kings. And we had bad luck there this year and wrecked the car and the new car. And, and you know the whole story behind that. But it's like, man, I left there. And I was with Brandon James at the airport early in the morning. And uh, we were flying back from PRI. And I'm like, man, I don't know, just something hit me. And I'm like, then I just started thinking about how I was going to put it together. And um, the reality was, you know, man, that's going to be a hell of a thing. So Brandon went off to his plane and I went off to mine. And and uh, just the whole time, I was just like a lunatic, you know. Um, <laughs> I got to figure out how to do this because it would be the coolest thing ever. And even if it's the last time I raced my Pro Mod, because um, I do plan on selling it. I'm going to have for sale sign on it. The goal here is to go fast, try to win the race, be a competitive um qualify like goal one for me is qualify right and it's the same thing with you Lyle, and everybody else right like that in itself is going to be a mountain to climb you damn right and so i know i have really good help and have good horsepower i have a good car um but i still know what it's going to take and so the goal here is to have it running by by the end of the month and then be testing and testing whatever it takes to go run the number i mean Lyle, what do you think it's going to take to qualify? A 65? Is it 16, Garfield, Wes? Are you 32. It is 32? Yeah. Nah. Uh, I think it'll take a 65 to get in the top half for sure. Yeah. Um, I bet it'll be, if it's not 69, it'll be 70 to 71, you know, and you'll be at the bottom, I think. You know, they'll. I bet, I bet numbers... I bet numbers eight through 16 will be 65 with a something. Right. It's, you know, there, there'll be 64 to 66. You might at 64, zero, you might be sixth. Mm -hmm. at 66, one, you might be 20th, you know, like it's going to be, it'll be very tight through that 64 to 67 range. For sure. You think that racing in the no prep, cause I was joking about all the people, like I'm a big fan of what no prep Kings has done for our sport. And I, I, I love that space to be honest, but I'm curious, like, do you think having that experience uh, of racing in that environment where you're like, you know, running off the trailer, no shakedowns or limited shakedown runs, does that give you some advantage? Like just being in those pressure moments, maybe a little more frequently than some of these guys that are used to testing for two or three days before qualifying starts, Mike? I don't know. I mean, we, you know, guys choose to test or not, you know, like, you know, Ryan tests a lot and those guys win a lot because they don't make mistakes. Right. And, and I made some mistakes and I admit it when I do, I really care, you know, cause that's just racing. But um, I don't know that it's going to make me nervous as far as that goes. I don't think there's an advantage. I don't think there's a disadvantage. That type of racing is so different. That's why I, I had to leave the turbo scene which I love the turbos, man. I just thought that was the greatest thing ever. But to to do it at no prep, I realized right away that that wasn't going to happen. That wasn't going to – I wasn't going to win doing that. Yeah. Road charger, and it took us so long to get the new car. and But it's so different because 
they literally scrape the racetrack. They literally wash it with soap. And, and then you got to make the best of it. And so the starting line comes around, but then you might go out and it might be pulling 120 or 150 out there. Well, you're a turbo car. You're done. You, you, you're not going to leave with that blower car, and you're damn sure not going to go around him. So there was a no-brainer for me to go in that direction. So the cool thing here, though, is, is I do have the experience now with the Pro Charger, so I won't be stepping in blind with, with the combination. And I honestly think those numbers are doable, but also maybe I had to put my best foot forward on any combination. I mean, I'm talking about, like, like motor that I just acquired. I'm going to change the cam. Like, you know, every little bit counts. And, and I'm telling you right now, I put from Adam's shocks and struts and, you know, I, I'm coming with the best of what I can do. And I think that's what it's going to take just to simply qualify. This is a whole nother mountain, right? So, you know, I just hope that I'm standing there with the 32 to begin with. And, right. and like I've won something if I've done that. And honestly, that's where I, that's how I feel about it. So Wow. Well, it's incredible to hear someone like you say that, Mike. And, and JT uh, is in my ear reminding me part of why we brought you into this conversation. And I think this will be an interesting thing. Lyle made a great point a minute ago, uh, a few years back, when Steve Torrance was in the midst of his you know, reign of terror over top fuel. It, it started to beg the question, is this guy winning too much? Is this start to be, you know, is this starting to be bad for the sport? And we're kind of faced with that right now in No Prep Kings competition with what a third consecutive uh, championship for Ryan Martin. And I, I guess I want to ask you guys, uh, uh, and Lyle, I'll go to you uh, after Mike. I mean, what do you, what do you make of that? Is there a point of where it's like too much Ryan Martin winning? I mean, uh, you talk about him testing a lot. I mean, how do we, how does that dynamic change over in the No Prep Kings world? I, I, I think it's already changing. You saw it the year, at the end of the year, you saw, you know, some screw blowers and stuff. Like, like Ryan will admit, he, he basically got outran. Um, I talked to him the other day, you know, Jim outran him in Texas. So um, I think some of the guys have figured it out. They've caught up. And, 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 and I think that I'm not the only one that's made some mistakes. Um, it's just Ryan Martin makes less mistakes than everybody else. And really, honestly, that has a lot to do with it. And he tests a lot. So he's put, not to say that everybody hasn't put in the effort in, but, like, this is what he does. And, and I have the most respect for that. I can't do that day in and day out like he does. But, but they have their stuff together, and, and they're very organized. And that I respect the most. So, But to answer as far as the competitiveness is, is coming this next year, I, I do believe that. Um, and it all depends on the rule package and what they do. So if if they slow the screw blowers down a little bit, those guys are going to have to work harder. If they make a tire change, that's a rumor, and that's a legit rumor. So if you take that 36 away from us, that's going to change things a little bit too. You know, get a hold of the racetrack down track, which you have to turn them down. If you turn them down a little bit, well, you're going to lose some too. So now it's going to be a little more refined, right? And and he who does that the quickest is going to win races. Yeah, I, I still don't. I don't think it, it. Those rule changes may slow it down some and make it more achievable for you know people that don't do it for a living. But I don't. It still it doesn't change the fact that Ryan Martin is going to continue to work just as hard, and he'll be the first to figure it out because he tests more than anybody else. You know, and like that's 
while I, I don't disagree with the rule changes that you've stated, Mike, I still, it just doesn't change in my opinion. And I like Ryan, Ryan and our buddies. And, and I think that he's had an outstanding three years and is, he's a great race car driver. You know, you yourself, you're a race car driver. There are people that race within that organization that they just drive race cars. You know, they're yeah. not race car drivers. You yourself are one. Ryan is one. Justin Swanstrom is one. You know, the top of the heap up there, they are race car drivers. Jim Howe, um, you know, they're they're all really good at what they do. You know, and that's part of the separation you're seeing, too, that, you know, you, a guy like yourself, a guy like Ryan that can let go of the button on time. And if that thing can be taken to the, to the stripe, is going to take it to the stripe. They're going to continue to be successful. But I still am a believer that it's there. It's on the verge that Ryan is he's just winning too damn much. You know, and they need, they either need new blood or some way to change that. And there, you can't make a Ryan Martin rule. You know, that's, that's not fair. So I, I don't know how you fix that, you know, but I just think it, there is at some point, there's going to need to be some kind of change, something to mix it up. Uh, somebody to win. The it's so tough year, you know, because it, the cream always rises to the top. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that, no matter what we do, no matter what the rules are, the, the best guys are going to be the best guys. And I think that, people probably get tired of me telling this story, but it's true. I, there was a a big rivalry that existed in IHRA pro modified at its height, uh, between, uh, nitrous racer, Carl Moyer, who was admittedly, you know, racing at a professional level, but Carl was a car dealer. You know I mean? His day to day life was running a car dealership. Um, and he constantly was, uh, battling the IHRA about the rules, mainly because Scotty Cannon, was running over top of everybody. And I remember Scotty, uh, Carl telling me this story about Scotty calling him at the dealership one day. It was like a Tuesday afternoon. And he said, Carl, what are you doing? And Carl said, well, Scotty, I'm you know sitting at my desk and you know we're getting ready to have a sales meeting or whatever. And he said, exactly. And that's why you'll never outrun me because I'm at Darlington testing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was I, I, that story always resonated with me. You know what I mean? And I think that that's exactly what we're seeing kind of play out with Ryan Martin's success here, uh, the last few years. So, and I don't know how you write that. I mean, we've seen it with Billy Glidden in the NMRA. We saw it with Billy Glidden in the ADRL extreme 10, five days. We've seen it with Todd Tuttero, uh, in the PDRA. We've seen it with Stevie Jackson. Uh, cause I think Stevie Jackson the NHRA Pro Mod series, I think Stevie was part of a change that happened in that series where it went from guys that raced on the weekends and tested a few times a year when they could. Mike, maybe you'll back me up on this, but a lot of them were small to medium-sized business owners, right? That that raced at a very high level. I'm not, you know, I'm not throwing shade, but it certainly wasn't how they earned their living. And then here comes Stevie Jackson, who's got a, a hired crew. Um, it's not his cousins and brothers and buddies, right? Um, it's people that are getting paid to be here to work on a race car and they're willing to run the rods out of it every run. And most of those guys at that point in time weren't prepared to race like that. And I think we're seeing that kind of play out in no prep Kings right now. And I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, no. And, 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 and then you got to like, he can drive like, like nobody. So makes it really, really tough. You know what I mean, and and that's how it's going to be at the at your race. There's just a going to be a ton of dudes that are going to let go on time, and and that is going to be the difference of winning and losing. Hundred percent. I feel like that's where we're 
trending and I'm excited about it because I want it to be a race that is by and large won and lost on the starting line. I think that that's something drag racing needs more of is where it's 100%. Everybody's got good stuff. Everybody's going to be fast. Who who's going to who's going to rise to the occasion? Because the other thing is uh, I do think you, you, Lyle, you've had some of these experiences. Mike, I know you have, but, and Mike, I'd like to hear you maybe uh, give us a little feedback on this. When you raced Stephen Whiteley in 2017 under the lights at Bandemir Speedway and, and you bumped that thing into the beams, um, was that a unique experience knowing that it was $100,000 or a long drive home? You know, honestly, I never thought about it. And I was asked by Mike James after the race. He called me and he's like, hey, you know, did you guys split? And I'm like, did I split? No, I never even thought about splitting. And Wes didn't want that anyway, right? That was something that you were adamant about. But, you know, they they supported part of that program. And it, it was never even a thought or a conversation. And I guess when I was flipping the coin for and he won the coin toss, you know, I was thinking, man, this is for a hundred grand. But honestly, after I bolted in, I never thought about it again. All I was thinking about was, I got to be on the tree because I know he's going to be. And and at the end of the day, I think I went like a 20 and he went like a 24 or 28 or something. Like we were so close when we left the starting line. It's just he let go of the tire a little bit sooner than I did. And when I pedaled it, went back on the trial and I didn't hear him or see him. I knew it was over because, like, man, he ain't catching me. Right. <laughs> there, as far as speed went, you know what I mean? I, I had the fastest car, but, you know what I mean? But um, I don't I don't think I was under that kind of – like, I, I, don't, I think as I've gotten older and the more that I've raced, I don't, I don't get all jacked up like that anymore, you know what I mean? I'm more concentrating about what that run's going to be than man, 100 grand or it's 50 grand you know, I won a race up a years ago now. Um, you know, with the old OG car, it was twenty five grand. It was like, yeah, that's a lot of money when you're trying to piece everything together. Same time, I mean, you're just trying to win a race, so that's kind of how I'm with it. I don't know how are you with it, Lyle? You just kind of now I get jacked up, man. I get all fired up, and now I'm pretty calm when I get in the car and know that I've got a job to do. You know, but if I'm if I'm in the beams, if I'm in the water box for a hundred grand, I've got shaky leg when I'm trying to get the pedal down to do a burnout. Dude, I mean, I'll be in there. What, what do you call it, Wes? Be jacked up like a physics woodpecker? Yes, wound up like a physics woodpecker is what my dad would say. Back I mean, up. Lyle, do you think? I mean, you're one that's you know always willing to say what you think. I mean, um, with over, I mean, I, we're we're right around like 48 cars that I think are actually going to be involved by the time that we have everybody, you know, our past champions, series champions, things like that. I mean, do you think, will the money get to some people? Because I, I tend to think it's gonna, you know, like I think you guys may be in rare air. Um, I mean, Lyle, you're fresh off winning the U.S. Nationals. Uh, Mike, you've already won the biggest drag race in the history of the world. Um, do you... But do you think, Lyle, that it will get to somebody? Will somebody? Okay. Yeah, I think, and, I, and I think some of us are cowboy enough for a hundred grand that you may see one overdriven a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, obviously, you don't want to see anybody crash, but for a hundred G's, man, you'll see some, some, especially some guys in the final qualifier when it's when it's go or blow and time to get in there. I think you'll see some still at wide open throttle over there by the wall. You know, it absolutely it'll get to some. You get in the later rounds when 
when it when it really matters and you know you got to let go of the button on time. I mean, I did it in the first round at the Snowbirds. You know, I I was super red. You know, and it'll it'll absolutely happen. I mean that that kind of money. You know, I don't give a damn what anybody says. Keith Haney can blow that smoke somewhere else in Oklahoma, but for anybody who can say I ain't worried about the money, bullshit. We're all worried about that hundred thousand dollars. If anybody can go up there and say they'll stage it, and they ain't worried about nothing but kicking the next person's ass. I'm worried about that hundred grand, and that's the only thing I'm worried about when I roll in the gates in March. I can tell you that for a fact. Don't that much as you do. <laughs> you know? oh, I love it, man. No, I absolutely love it. It's it's a, and I think personally, and Mike highlighted something that's hard for me because I think everybody. I mean, I hope everybody knows that. Like, if I had my if I had my way, hell, I'd just give everybody that rolled through the gates a hundred grand. I mean, I really would. This is a community of people that I that I truly love, um, and I want the best for everybody. But Mike's right. Out there on Thunder Mountain, that was a serious conversation that like, if you guys want to split this up, you ain't doing it on this property. You do it somewhere else because, you know, we have, we need that type of severity. We need that level of consequence to get the most out of you guys. Like I know to get the Mike Bowman that I need, I need some dire consequences to get the Lyle Barnett that I need. It needs to be dire it needs to be i'm either going home happy or i am mad for months and and i hate that because that's not an outcome i want for everybody right i mean i want everybody to win but i but i know to put on the best show for our fans because that's who we answer to right who are we going to generate the most excitement for what's going to get people talking what's going to have you guys saying what you just said what's going to get keith haney saying what he's been saying what's going to get everybody talking dire consequences. It has to be severe. I remember I spoke about this at the World Series of ProMod press conference. I was lucky enough. I never thought I would see the day. I got to interview Bruton Smith uh, for the cover of Drag Illustrated Magazine. This is a guy, Speedway Motorsports. I mean, like, oh my goodness, you can't even really probably, I don't know that we can identify all that he's done for the sport of drag racing and motorsports in general. But during our interview, um, this was kind of at the height of the four wide mania, right? It was a big deal. They were building two more lanes in Vegas. The four wides in Charlotte were, you know, all the rage. And we were just talking about kind of like if we were king for a day, what would we do? What would we? And, and I asked them that question. Like, if you took over all of this, what would you do? You know? And he said, I'd make it everything to win and nothing to lose. And I said, what? He goes, that's, he goes, my biggest issue with NASCAR is there's not enough spread between first and second place. He goes, it needs to pay everything to win and damn near nothing to lose. And I said, really? What? Like, why? He's like, because that's how you get helmets thrown. That's how you get big reactions. That's how you get people to let it all hang out. And that's how we put on a show. That's how we sell tickets. That's how we do what needs to be done for our fans. And that always really stuck with me. And as much as it sucks, you know, it'd be fun to say, hey, all of us, let's uh, let's split in round one, and everybody go home with a little bit of bread in their pocket. Great. That, that <laughs> screw that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that. That ain't what we need to do. That's if we want to have a picnic, we can do that like the day before PRI, right? If we, you know, this is a group of people that are typically pretty loud and proud about their disdain for participation trophies. Well, hey, it's time to put your money where your mouth is, right? No participation trophies at the World Series of Pro Mod. Oh, but I can tell you this, when I won, when I went through the finish line, I was screaming to the top of my lungs, man. Like if you were down on the other end, you heard me, I guarantee it. Because it was like, 
that's what sunk in like man i just won you know what i mean and then to go back to next year and lose to carl in the third round by literally inches and you know and then carl you know my, i thought i won and marty come on the radio and he's like i was like man did i get him and he's like no and i just started cussing because i was pissed like you said that was the ultimate low it's like god man i thought i had him and then i get out of the car and i go talk to him and Carl looks at me and he goes, dude, I was barely out on you. And I saw your fender just making a move on me at the end. And he's like, come on, finish line. And that's what he told me. And I was like, it wasn't quite enough, though, was it? So I don't know what the lights were on that deal. But, man, I literally was like four ten thousandths of a second. Oh. So <sighs> I'm close. And then, obviously, more rounds to win it. So it's that close again. You know what I mean? And, and that's my thing. Is I think that's what got me going. It's like, man, you know, this is this is more than it was the first time. For the simple fact that that in, in Florida, there's no excuses. There was a lot of excuses from a lot of big time pro my dude. You know, oh, I don't want to go up on the mountain. I don't want to burn my shit up. I don't want to this and that. This race will have the baddest dudes and no excuses. Period. And that's that's what that's what like tipped me over. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, if I could just run with these guys, I think that takes me to that level where I feel like I've, I've done something more than I did that first time. You know what I mean? Oh, I, to hear you say that, man, it like literally gives me goosebumps. I'm going to make everybody pick on me, but it's true. And I, to be honest, as much as like, if we could dig Brandomir Speedway up and put it like east of the Mississippi, damn near sea level. Oh my God. You know, I, I that's that is the greatest drag strip on the planet Earth, in my opinion, um, and perhaps the greatest drag racing family and operation that exists in our sport. Uh, but you're exactly right. When you talk about Bradenton, Florida, a whole bunch of new concrete right um, at sea level it, it, the first weekend in March, there's no there's no excuses. If you can't come down here, then you don't belong. You know what I mean? Like there's no excuses and I think whoever leaves, whoever walks away with that big happy Gilmore check on Sunday, March 5th, is the baddest dude alive, is the baddest pro mod racer on the planet Earth. That's what I tell people. I go, this is, this is the baddest dudes in the world. Not in the country, not in the whatever. You know, these are the baddest dudes. And I'm just fortunate to be able to have an invite to be able to go do it again. You know what I mean? Because I haven't proven some of the stuff that, that, you know, like Lyle, you know, I wanted to win an NHRA race. I didn't do a lot of them. I had, you know, had the record for, for a year and a half till Erica took it away. And then, um, you know, we had good speed and stuff, but we, we just weren't the quickest dudes out there and I didn't win one, but man, you know, like, what was it like when you won your first Wally, Lyle? Like, that must've been amazing, right? Yeah, that was a good one. You know, I won it on a, on a huge hole shot and, um, you know, and it was, I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know until obviously there, they've got lights on the wall, lights here, lights there, you know, so I knew when I pulled the chute, you know, that, that I had won and, uh, and I couldn't even, I couldn't see to turn off the racetrack. I was crying so hard, um, you know, when I won my first one and, and, you know, we won what three weeks later, we won Vegas, um, which was big, won the U S nationals, which was big, but there is nothing that beats the first one, man. It was, uh, you know, for my dad was there and I got to experience that with him. Um, you know, we've uh, every NHRA race I've won, he's been there for, which is cool. But 
there is absolutely nothing that compares to the first one. And then, you know, on a whole shot was just cherry on the top. So my whole team, the entire elite motorsports team behind me, um, I mean, you know, in, in typical West Buck fashion, the goosebumps, every time I watch the starting line video, I get them, man. It was just, it was unbelievable. Uh, it's and that's the moment that I think is so important to create. And I, I I appreciate. I hope you guys both know that your support and your belief in what we're trying to do is not lost on me. It means a lot to me, and and I won't soon forget it. And I honestly think that this is a group of people that deserve more. And we can change the sport of drag racing this spring. We we can change the sport of drag racing uh, in a big way this spring. It's going to teach. It's going to take each and every one of us um, seeing the bigger picture, swimming in the same direction, and knowing that what's you know good for the goose is good for the gander. You know we need this event to be successful. Um, it's going to be spectacular, man. And seriously, thank you guys both for taking some time this afternoon Absolutely. to shoot the breeze with us. Uh, means a lot. Mike will be talking more soon. Lyle will be, will be talking a bunch more, I'm sure. Thank you both. It means a lot, guys. And uh, I'll cut you loose. But uh, let's uh, let's touch base soon, Mike, because we got to get a story out about you being in, involved with the race. And Lyle, I'm sure we'll be talking. You better get back to work before you get in trouble. That's right, Mike. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you, too. We'll talk to you soon. Later, guys. See you, guys. Uh, guys, I want to remind everybody that each and every episode of The West Buck Show is brought to you by way of our friends at Redline Synthetic Oils. Redline has a reputation with racers and hardcore enthusiasts for creating products that perform and protect better than any on the market, and they've been doing it since 1979. Whether it's your race car, your tow rig, your motorcycle, or your lawnmower, when you think about lubricants, you need to think about Redline. For more information, log on to redlineoil.com. Guys, what'd you think of that? I mean... Getting that kind of feedback from two people as accomplished as Lyle Barnett and Mike Bowman is almost unbelievable. Yeah, yeah Mike said some good quotes, man. With, <clears throat> we, we put together, uh, or I saw a preview of the story we've got coming out about him, and just it, it really from day one when he won this race, like the reverence he has for it, and saying that it's gonna no matter who you are, it's gonna be the biggest win of your career. I think that says a lot. For sure. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool, man. And he was he was awesome out on the mountain when he won. You know, I mean, he's a badass, man. Oh, I, yeah. I love it. We and you're so like, laid back too. You know, I know. He, chill. If you had to, if you had to, like, I don't know, cast like a California cool dude to play someone in a movie. I think you call Mike Bowman. You know what I mean? Like he's just <laughs> got that laid back, nothing getting, you know, not getting too wound up, not getting too excited. Uh, he, he's a special guy and I'm, I'm genuine. I, I'm telling you, that's not a, that's not a lie going out to the motorplex. I mean, some of the dramatics and flavor I added on it was obviously a, a little extra, but that's true. I mean, I went out to the motorplex with the express consent, you know, or, uh, with the, the motive exclusively to invite Mike to the world series of pro mod. Um, and I was Damn, I thought you were coming to hang out with me. Well, yeah, bit, I went but, to see you, but, okay. um, but you know what I mean? Like I was, and I came home like bummed out about it. I'm like, shit, Mike Bowman's selling his pro mod. Like this is gonna, like, this is the total wrong message. Like I can't, this is the wrong message. I can't let this message be sent. And, uh, no, it's, it feels like a, a God thing that he's back involved. Cause we need, you know, um, uh, what what a deal it would be if we had our boy Scotty O, you know, uh, one that we lost way too soon uh, in 2022, who won the final 2019 uh, World Series of Pro Mod out on Thunder Mountain at Bandemir Speedway. It was a heartbreaking deal to to lose to lose Scotty, but uh, I'm glad that we're going to have uh, Mike Bowman in the house. We're going to have uh, Carl have Stevens our, Jr. Yep. in the house. 
Yeah, we're gonna have Khaled Belushi in the house. We're gonna have Alex Laughlin in the house. Everybody that's won uh, one of our events. Very exciting moment, man. And I, you know, to your point earlier, uh, JT, I think that that's something that we got to talk about a little bit. Is that it really is an all star race? There's like, and I, I've had a lot of conversations about this, and I feel like I've had to depend, you know, defend it a lot. But this isn't like bring everybody that's ever raced pro mod out of the woodwork to, you know, uh, you know, to come be involved. And if we, that's not what this is, you know, this, there's a, there's a method to the madness, you know, like I, I wish we could just every, every invite every promo on the planet and have it have the same reverence that it does. But like, there's no quota at PDRA. There's no car count limit at Midwest drag racing series. There's no car count limit at, you know, in MCA, those races are come one, come all. It's the exclusivity that makes this event special. And it's the fact that these guys are from different walks of life and would otherwise not cross paths. I mean, there's really not a world in this point in time where Alex Laughlin's going to race any of these guys. There's not a world right now where Scott Palmer's going to race any of these guys. And that's They're what we want. Different you know, you scenes, want these, and that's you want what these we want. All-star guys, you know, and you want to like, yes, you're racing pro mods. We get it, you know. But it's not just pro mod racers. It's this is a racer's race. Like, you know, you're if you're a badass racer, we want if Tony Stewart wants to go buy a pro mod, we want him to be able to line up next to, you know, Bubba Stanton, Stevie Jackson, yeah, Ricky yeah, Smith, Jackson, Bubba Stanton, yeah, Jason yes, Scrubs. Yes. Yeah. We, we want that to happen, you know, because we want it to be somewhat of an all star race and maybe get a chance to race one of these guys that you that you won't ever have a chance to. Yeah, no, I uh, agree one million percent, man. What a what a show to start off the year, right? We've yeah, we're covering all sorts of ground. Was there? I mean, butter, it feels like there was some other stuff uh, we were supposed candy. to talk about, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we got off on some tangents, man, but it was fun. It yeah. was fun. I think we were supposed to talk about what are we most excited about this World Series of Pro Mod. Um, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, log on to worldseriesofpromod.com to buy your tickets. We are going to sell out of VIP tickets. I'm very proud of this. They will 100% sell out. There is no doubt. I mean, likely perhaps by the end of this week or early next, our VIP tickets will sell out. Come be a part of this action. Be down on the starting line. Witness history up close and personal. I don't think you'll ever have a drag racing experience quite like this. We'll have a custom uh, autographed poster for you, a custom limited edition t-shirt for you um of course a lanyard and, and uh placard to get your restricted area access we're gonna have a big old time um man we started party planning uh nancy and alicia started some of the party planning we're gonna throw jt's gonna throw a rager on thursday night that i'm very excited about jeff solberg in the comments uh asking uh, about television. Yes, the race will be uh, streamed live, but it will also be broadcast on tape delay basis a month after the fact on CBS Sports, which we're very excited about in conjunction with our friends at Masters Entertainment. So uh, yeah, man, it's uh, drag rate. This event has to be on TV. Like I watched some bullshit. Like what did I watch? I watched competitive tag recently on Which ESPN. A, what a crock of shit that is. What a joke. You put that I watch, I'm, I'm halfway here for axe throwing and beanbags, but yeah. competitive tag, I'm out. You know, I saw a pretty significant production for a darts game yesterday. Um, drag racing needs to be on cable television. This is going to be a really, really, really big deal. It's great for our racers too, because I hope... Um, I was actually working on some demographic information from CBS this morning because I think it's important our racers get their hands on this stuff because they need to put this information in front of their sponsors and their partners and say, hey, look, not only are we getting to race in the biggest pro mod race in the history of the known universe, but we're going to be on TV. 
There's a hundred thousand dollars up for grabs. I mean, this is a big, big, big opportunity That's for a, yeah. our racers, which we're That's very a huge feather in about. the cap for racers when they can put that in their in their sponsorship deck because honestly especially the bigger companies that's the first thing they're looking for or that's that's what they want to see or the first question they ask is this on tv still is i mean even though we've got it youtube internet streaming whatever um, what do you make of that because don't you think like listen TV we're obviously big the live streaming people but we've already we've always TV. We've said tv's where it's at look at look at uh street outlaws man i mean what would that be with no tv well, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be anything, right? So, yeah, and and but they, and people got to use that information as well. I I don't think I don't even think they dig for it enough, you know. I mean, well, it's not it's not easy to get. It's, it's not easy, but if you if you pay attention throughout the year and keep track of that stuff, you know, uh, PD Small Block used to run an ad, you know, used to run like three ads for each race that he put on, you know, one promoting the event, and then one afterwards thanking the sponsors as an extra, you know thank you to the sponsors and get them some more publicity on the whole deal. And then they also, uh, you know, like we did it for Alex Laughlin one time, you know, he called and said, Hey, is there any way you can kind of find out like how many times I've been in the magazine the last year? And, you know, and, and we, we yep. drafted a letter on hey, how many times he'd been yeah. in, in the magazine and, and you know, that we talked about him regularly on the show and, and, but he used that in his deck to show his sponsors, you know, you know, that he's, that he's given him, given them, the return on investment that they're expecting. I completely agree. And it's, uh, and I'm proud of that. Like for us to put pro mod racing on television and make sure that it's going to be in front of a, a multi-million person audience. That's, that's where this deal needs to go, man. I mean, it's, it's a big, I think if that's the main takeaway or like the most significant thing that happens uh that that's all that we need to happen is this race needs to be on tv and it was cool because at pri i sat down and chatted with sam corcus from from mpk for a little while and i was talking to him about this tv deal and he was like you're on it this is like that this is what this is what it takes like this is a step a big step in the right direction is getting this deal on television so i'm really proud of it man it's gonna be exciting at the bare yeah, we, well we've have. got a few it's more drivers to announce right we've got yep, we got a few a more drivers more to announce we've had there's going to be a little bit of movement, you know, and that's the thing is like we're we're under pressure from CBS to deliver a hell of a show, right? Under pressure um, from everybody. The bar yeah. is going to be the hype and the bar is 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 uh, raising every day. So we better get to work, man. Oh, dude, we've got a lot of ground. And that's the thing is, and it's and you also know that like things are going to happen. Stuff gets torn up in testing. Yeah. Uh, life's things happen in people's lives that change things. So there's there's uh you know, we got to make sure I got to tell you this Mountain Motor Pro Stock Invitational is going to be bonkers. I mean, the fact that we got like Erica Enders lining up against Elijah Morton and Dylan Voss. And I mean, we got some hitters. Richard Freeman's going to be making, uh, uh, you know, his uh, be competing in this event. I was about to say debut, but he's an old school Mountain Motor Pro Stock guy. Um, been around it for a long time, but he'll be down there. I mean, this is who this is going to be exciting. Who? <laughs> who? Now, his Most people may not. Now. Most people may not uh, have been around since Richards made the move from Mountain Motor to 500 inch, and he's and he's made such a big impression over there that it's kind of easy to forget that that's where he started. I know when I first met Richard, he had a Pontiac GXP and was racing mm -hmm. IHRA Mountain Motor Red, Pro Stock. Right? Yeah, I and mean, that was the car that actually Camry Caruso ran in uh, Pro Pro 632 in PDRA. People don't know that, but like good looking car too, yeah. really nice car. But um, I'm always big, not like cutlass big, but I'm a big fan, man, of uh, those Pontiac big. GXPs. You know, those are good looking race cars. All better right, guys, looking, let's wrap this bad boy up than real cars.
Yeah, that's for sure. I, I ain't real big on old Cutlasses unless they're pro stock style cars. You know, unless you mean like your grandma's thing. old Cutlass? That, that, that's not what you're talking about. I thought about <laughs> buying one. I really did. All right, guys. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. Everybody that tuned in. Thank you, guys. Every one of your clicks, shares, comments, likes means the world to us. If you weren't uh, or if you're not a subscriber already, log on to YouTube.com slash Drag Illustrated. Make sure you click that subscribe button. Follow along on social media. We appreciate it. And remember, World Series of Pro Mod, it's going down March 3rd, 4th, and 5th, 2023 at the legendary Bradenton Motorsports Park. We'll see you next Wednesday. What will that be, the 11th? I think so. Jan- uh, January 11th, yep. is that the next show? We'll see you next yep. Wednesday, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Drag Illustrated Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thanks, guys. Thanks, y'all. See you.